Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 327 on a warm night in Sydney. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad, buddy. Had most of my electricity off for the whole day and wow. unfortunately had to take the day off from work because I'm working tomorrow. So I've just been sort of sitting on the couch staring at the wall. Wow. Wowee. You could have gone back to pen and paper, man, picked up an old-fashioned paperback or something. Uh, no, luckily I did pre-install all the, um, the the crap and all that that I had to watch and read and all that. So, uh, but uh, it's not it's not fun uh, not having the internet. No, <laughs> yeah, man, you can't surf the internet, dude. Couldn't do anything. Back to basics. Mm-hmm. Could you take it? Could have taken yourself down to the nets in cricket and maybe had someone bowl a few balls at you or something, man, or gone to the batting cage. I go to the gym in the morning because I was like, fuck it, I might as well go kill two hours at the gym. Jesus. Wow, wait. Because the electricity was off since 7 a.m., so. Right. Wow, wait. That's harsh, man. But, you know, you rocked and rolled. You, you moved with it, man. Uh, by the way, um, I'm excited because the new Adrian Goldsworthy book is out, Roman Persia, The Unwinnable War, um, uh, just out on audio book and the, uh, you know, digital copy just released. I've just put it in the, in the, on the iPad. Basically, this is the same guy who wrote uh, How Rome Fell, one of my all-time favorite books. I'm, mm. I'm currently reading the book on the Punic Wars, but Roman Persia, the unwinnable war um, for both sides. And, um, wow, 700 years of history there, man. You know? Nice. Nothing to be sneezed at, is it? You think about it. I do feel that Rome had the better of it. You know what? I probably should look this up. I've never understood that expression. What? Nothing to sneeze at. I never, never yeah. understood. Do people sneeze at things that they, yeah, they sniff don't it. like? It's, they a sniff weird, it. it's a weird they expression. S- they sniff at it in disdain. But this is nothing to sneeze at, man. This is this is Roman Persia, man. I need, two, no, two I need times. to look up that. I, don't, I hate that saying. I don't know why. Well, I like it. And, I mean, I would say Rome had the better of the conflict, though, would you? I mean, they definitely infringed on much more Persian territory than Persia did on Rome's. You know? Did, oh. Rome, did Rome ever sack Babylon? Rich, do you know that? Did Rome... I mean, I know... No, I don't think Rome did. I mean, I know Alexander... He did. ...conquered a lot of of Persian or that. But then also Persia also conquered a lot of land themselves. Um, Rome did... The Roman Empire did not conquer Babylon. The Roman Empire never expanded as far as the ancient city of Babylon, uh, which was located in what is now Iraq. Babylon was conquered by the Persians and later by the Parthenians. Mm. Um, yeah, well, Alexander took the whole empire. I mean, he went all the way. He went and beyond. He went to the very India, you know? So he, in effect, did conquer the entire Persian empire. That was the whole point of what he did. But, um, you know, obviously that quickly broke up into squabbling city-states after he died. Whereas yes, he Ro- does. Rome definitely, um, you know, they stayed around, man. Man, what a conflict. Yeah, but let's not pretend they didn't have their petty squabbles and multiple times of almost falling before sure. they eventually did. So Yeah, but most of the time it was a pretty stable empire, Rich, that's my point. And they certainly had the Persians on the back foot. Would you agree Wasn't with it? that? 
Would you I don't know, man. Go, go bullet point. I don't think it's as stable as you think it was. Would you agree? Like, I, think, I think Rome was constant uh, flux and change. There was a lot of politics in Rome. Rome. Yeah, of course there was. There were a lot of squabbles. Of, yes, there was. In the Civil War, plenty. Um, would you agree they had the Persians on the back foot, though? Because they were the ones in the Near East. You know, It wasn't like Persia were sacking Rome. It was more like no, constant. I think at the t- by the time uh, Rome comes into the picture, I don't think Persia is the... Um, the empire used to be anyway, so it, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure Persia's Persia's push where they were a big empire was like before Alexander, I think, wasn't it? Well, that was like one phase of it, and then the later phases, I think, the Parthians and stuff, and have you yeah. pronounced? I mean, yeah, because I mean, Rome does come a lot later in history compared to like the Greek and Persian. Expansion. Well, that, that was still there. That, that empire was still there, like various facets of it and stuff. That yeah, definitely. but but not, not, not but I'm saying not to the level like no. you know their massive empire and their expansion came after yes that sort of stuff. They weren't really expanding at the same time as as they were and all that. So interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, hard. It's, it's hard to know because I mean it's it's not like you're getting two powers at the height of their. Mm. Well, uh, we're going at it kind of thing. You know one I mean? thing so, I'm going to do is I'm going to soak this book in, man. 700 years of history, the conflicts, you know. And, well, the thing is as well, uh, there were different factions in the, in the Persians. So, like, there's different designations. Like, they, they, there was, they, they were a constant threat. They were considered, in how Rome fell, um, they're basically like the second superpower in the world to Rome, um, if you don't include China. Uh, mm. you know, be in the known world, but they by no means, although they had, they had a big army and stuff like that, they didn't have the capacity to ever conquer the Roman Empire. That was never a, there was never a possibility. What they could do, though, was they they applied constant pressure in the east, so that they were constantly they, they, they were constantly to and froing over several provinces, like for hundreds of years. So they, mm. they were a threat. Not a threat that would demolish your whole empire, but they could definitely, if left unguarded, sweep in and take that Near East. You know, they were a constant irritant, basically, in presence there, and there was a lot of um, a lot of campaigns uh, of the later emperors against them, actually. Um, it's mm. quite interesting, because, yeah, they were just a constant threat. And you've got to remember, at the same time, especially sort of after Marcus Aurelius, the empire was feeling pressure from a lot of pressure points, you know, like over the sort of 200 years, like it wasn't just Persians. It was like all sorts of pressure points from all different regions, especially in Western Europe. And so hence they had to, the, the army had to constantly sort of be guarding on multiple frontiers and, and Persia was one irritant basically on one frontier. Um, it's quite interesting mm. actually. But, um, yeah, man, um, so that book's out. So that's an ad for that book, and Adrian Goldsworthy. Definitely, I would consider him, what I like about his books, very readable, but also he goes beneath the surface. So you do get real data, and and you, you feel like you're doing more than just skimming the surface, but it's also very readable. So he's a really good blend um, of a writer, quite serious but he doesn't get into the really dry. You know, he's not mega dry. He's a little dry, but mostly readable. Mm-hmm. And I find it um, extremely interesting to read, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to pay attention sometimes. But, um, you know, and some bits are more of a slog than others. Like, you do get bits, Some you know, all history at times can be a little 
you know, it can be dates and names. You know, he doesn't do that, mm. but every book at some point in history, there is a little touch of that, but he does he does give it a really good narrative. So um, I'm enjoying the Punic Wars, and I know almost nothing about the Punic Wars, like the apart from the very broad brushstrokes of Carthage, so it's all totally, you know, the inner um, details are all new to me, which I love, you know. Um, and obviously it's a very young Rome. You know, it's a Rome in the ascendancy uh, during the mm. Punic Wars. Like, they're, they're, they're expanding out of Italy for the first time. Um, so it's a, it's a really different feel. So it's cool. Now, Rich, what have you been doing this week, man? What have you been reading and watching? What's been going on for you? Um, oh, uh, a bit of a weird one. Um, I've actually st- started watching um, Andromeda. Is that um, the Kevin Sorbo show? Yeah, the Kevin Sorbo one. I mean, it's done, but it's 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 made by Gene Roddenberry, right? Like, it was based on really the the works of Gene Roddenberry and all that. But um, that. it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Kevin Sorbo and all that. And you know, for a long time, I never watched it. You know, because um, sure. look, I, I watched Xena and Hercules and all that sort of stuff, and I always just saw Andromeda as like you know, oh, it's the cheap ripoff. Sure you know, Star Trek sort of stuff and all that. But, you know, as I said, I don't watch anything new these days. Mm. Um, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, you know, let's check it out. You know I mean? I'm looking for sci-fi stuff sure. to watch. Sure. And you know what? Pleasantly surprised. Like, yeah. you know, yes, is it a bit cheesy? You know, can the acting be a bit sort of made for TV? Yeah. But damn it, like, it's actually fucking enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting story. And you know what? I actually prefer it over Farscape. Right. I've never watched Farscape, ever. Um, it's a similar premise, right? So basically, Kevin Sorbo plays uh, Dylan Hunt, Captain Dylan Hunt, um, and he's basically out of time. You know what I mean? Like, he's he got trapped in, like, a black hole at the start of a war. Right. And, and uh, you know, the salvaging ship kind of pulls it out of the black hole because they want to salvage and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so for him, like, only literally a day has passed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the war started, he was fighting with his first mate who, you know, betrayed him because they went to war with, like, an ally who turned on them. And so for him, like, literally one day has passed. Right. But it's been 300 years. And so he, the Commonwealth, all that sort of shit, it's fallen. You know, the the, the galaxy's more lawless now. Mm. You know what I mean? All that sort of shit. And uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, You know, uh would I probably still watch it a long time ago? Probably not, but sure. I'm surprisingly actually enjoying it. And I have to go, I'm so used to Kevin Sorber from Hercules. That's all I know him from, to be honest. But you know what? That guy can actually act. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely a much more toned down than the Hercules sort of sure. cheese. Sure, sure. And I'm like, shit, you know what? He's actually pretty fucking good. So, yeah, uh, if anyone wants to check it out, it's on uh, Amazon. Um, I'm actually um, I'm I'm about five episodes in. I'm uh-huh. actually really enjoying it. Well, that's good to know, man. I mean, gosh, yeah, I, I I do actually I've seen more of it than Farscape because it used to be on Foxtel and I did catch bits and pieces of it. I mm. always thought it looked like a bit of uh, excuse me fun. If mm. I I either never knew that it was based on Gene Roddenberry or have forgotten that, that's interesting. Um. That is a real surprise. And he was long dead by the time they did the show, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Can I tell you something? Actually, the special effects are, do not come across as cheap. Cool. Like, I, I, they actually spent money on the like the special effects and all that. It's not one of those like cheapy ones where you're like, oof. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a That's a tough one. It's actually, like, 
pretty well funded. So well, that was good. a surprise to me as well. I always thought it would be cheap. Me too, yeah. But you know what? This proves, like, one thing I will say about that show, I always felt that it was having fun. And they were trying to have fun back in those days on shows like that. Like, even if it wasn't my cup of tea, I appreciated, like, the lower budget and stuff. I felt they were trying kind of hard with what they had, you know? Um, that was my impression mm. of the show at the time. And, and I mean that as a compliment, you know what I mean? Like, I, I genuinely feel those guys were, were sort of trying trying hard and, and sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like this is definitely, it's got Star Trek vibes to it mm. um, because it's one of those things where, like, I'll give you a perfect example, which I, this episode, I was like, shit, this is like something out of fucking Star Trek, right? Yeah. So they go to a, a, a Commonwealth uh, space station because basically he needs to try and fix the ship and restock it and all this sort of shit. Right. And... It's an area that's like, it's battle torn and all that sort of shit. There's like debris, uh, whatever. And they go on the ship and there's kids there, right? Yeah. And these kids are militant, fanatical, and um, uh, believe a scripture. So because of the Commonwealth spaceship, they believe in the Commonwealth. Right. None of them know how to read. So a lot of the stuff's been passed down by whatever, and they've been waiting for the. So the high god is what the. Uh, I guess your Star Trek fleet, you know what I mean? Your sure. your fleet would be called is the High God. And so they've been waiting for the High God, but not God as in a God, but G-O-D to come back. And so then they think it's him and they're now going to go on a holy war to <laughs> kill all the enemies. And, you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it, like he's trying to do, a th you know what I mean? Like undo 300 years of like right, false right. scripture yeah, yeah. kind of shit. And I was like, man, this is something you would have got out of Star Trek. Sure. Like back in the day, sure. which you Definitely. just don't get out of it now. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't get these sort of stories in modern, like Star Trek sci-fi anymore, I'm afraid. Like it's just, it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what you get now, to be honest. I couldn't tell you. Like. I feel like it's a little bit more like action based now and, right, and stuff. And right. I get that. I get it. You know, times have changed, but I was like, shit. Yeah. Do you remember when the writers used to have to come up with stories like this? Yeah. Like yeah. allegories and. And, and themes and, stuff. and I was like man I miss that's what I miss I think that's what's lacking mm. in today which is why I'm resonating with it so much because it just reminds me so much of next generation and yeah. original Star Trek and all that sort of stuff I hear you man yeah definitely I definitely hear you when you, when you say that I'm like I'm kind of nodding you know what I mean I'm thinking yeah mm. that's 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 touching a bell and, and I did watch a little bit of that at the time you know Andromeda I've caught a couple episodes here and there and, and I always thought it Look, I honestly thought it seemed okay. You know what I mean? Like, certainly yeah. I'd put it there sure, with... I like, watched it now, so... <laughs> I'd put it there with um, Star Trek Voyager. It was it was kind of... It was on Foxtel, uh, which was cable here, in back in the probably early 2000s, and I probably caught a few episodes of that. And I didn't love Voyager, but I put this around the same level as mm. it. I was, like, quite watchable, you know? Here's what, here's what I would say. I would put it in between Next Generation and Farscape. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's got touches of Farscape where, again, it's a guy out of, you know, out of time and mm. he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know the world and, you know what I mean, and he's old sure. school, blah, blah, blah. But then it's also got that Next Generation of, like, you know, you're, you're solving problems, you're, your, your stories are as sort of allegory-based. It doesn't sound too bad, man. It sounds all right to me, you know? Yeah, but anyway, I, I recommend it. If anyone's looking for something to watch and they kind of want 
to watch something that is a bit cool. more Star Trekky than yeah. current Star Trekky, I, I would recommend it. Well, check it out anyway. Oh, well, that's good stuff, man. Um, you know, and like, yeah, it's always good. Now, you know what I was watching? Um, it's based on all this Bronze Age Superman I've been reading. I, I went and watched last weekend the Justice League animated series, the Cadmus Arc, in the in, in Justice League Unlimited, which is the one where um, it ends with basically Brainiac and Luther merging, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, all yeah, about yeah, yeah. Cadmus, and it's really good. Like, starts with the question, uncovering <laughs> stuff. You got to the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to the yeah. yeah so that's the one where uh, they made it look like Flash, like uh, died, like uh, yeah. they, they took a you know how like he died in uh, uh, Cross of Infinite Earth. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He disappears. Yeah, he kind of like, but then they like managed to bring him back, and he's like, if I ever go that fast again, I'm never coming back. And yes. I was like, ah, that's a nice nod to yes, a nice nod to the original Flash. Yeah, I watched all. It was it was like four or five episodes. I don't think I'd ever watched it actually. And I was like, man, this is really good. And the only reason I was watching this is funny. The only reason I was watching it was because I wanted to see this Brainiac Luther merge thing. And then, I, then it said that it was at the end of the Cadmus arc. And I thought, well, I don't think I've ever watched that. And I quite like that whole Cadmus stuff. And so I watched mm-hmm. it. I was really impressed. Like, I was watching it thinking, my God, this is so much better than their current animated material. You know? Oh God, yeah. Oh, jeez, yes, God. And that's what's so. Uh, I guess why I I hate the new stuff now, right? Mm. Is Bruce Tim stuff is just as basic as theirs. Sure, but far more stylized yeah. and better animated. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about how. Uh, you know, I don't hate the animation or that because I'm like, oh, there's not much detail or it's very simplified. No, no, no. It's poor simplification and it's poor animation, yeah. right? Because the Bruce Tim stuff is is simplified animation, but it's stylized. It's beautiful animation. They've animated it well. So, yeah, this stuff just oh my god, like this just fucking. It's horrible, and and you know, also a really good story. Can I say that as well? Like the storyline. In, oh. the, in this Cadmus thing is surprisingly strong, frankly. Mate, you know? I enjoyed the first two seasons of Justice League, but when it became Justice League Unlimited, oh, Jesus Christ, did they raise the bar? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not joking. Like, mm. Unlimited, the overarching story yeah. that they have for an entire season, yeah. and then there's even callbacks to, like, previous episodes and all that sort of stuff um you know like the evil justice league and all that sort of stuff oh it's phenomenal writing man like justice league unlimited has Mm. is just the best that is dc and warner brothers at the absolute best is is justice league unlimited oh my god and that's where the cat misses from the unlimited stuff yeah i totally agree with you man and also what really surprised i saw this thing and i was like is that i mean this just shows you how deep i've got into it that is that pat what Duggan or whatever his name is from from Stripes, whatever the fuck it's called, and and I'm like, I'm sure that is. And he went into the you know um, machine, and then I saw Stargirl, and I was like, I know who these characters are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know Stargirl was created when they did this. I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 wow. yeah. But that's why I love Unlimited is because they opened it up to the whole fucking. Well, that's a pretty deep cut when you think about it, because she can't have been around too long before that. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. 
And, um, you know, it's such a throwaway thing. Like, blink and you miss it. But for those of us who are the deep divers, you know, um, you know, it's a real kind of love letter, really. I don't think DC have ever done it as well. I really, I was thinking, as I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't think DC had done it as well before this, and I don't think they've done it as well since. And, no, and, and obviously, yeah. it all comes from, it stems from Batman the Animated Series, then it flows into Superman, and then they just gave us this beautiful gift of Justice League. I did appreciate it at the time what they were doing, but I think I missed a couple of stories here and there. And watching this one, I was like, wow, this is a really impressive storyline. And, yeah, I, I gave it top marks. I was, I, was, I was genuinely entranced. And I thought, and ambitious as well, because they, it was like a four-parter, you know? Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of them are, especially when you get to the end. Mm. That's what I said. They have an overarching story, and then when you get to the end, it, it becomes like a three or four part uh, yeah. um, sort of thing that ties it up and all that. Um, like, wait till you get to the one with the, the question. Oh, no, that was already before that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's I, the build up to it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen most of it, man, to be honest. And yeah. it's only a few things here and there that I've probably missed. And um, one of my favorite episodes is the one where General Eiling puts his brain in the Shaggy Man. <laughs> um, and then he goes to um, fight the Justice League, but he ends up just fighting like um, the non super ones. Yeah. And then, like, Stargirl actually points out, you know, because he's like, there's too much power. And, she, and literally, they're like, Jordan, I go, you are literally the only one with power here. <laughs> Fighting. And you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh, my God, such good writing. Like, yeah. yeah. We do, like, a little parade. And, you know, because obviously the big guys aren't going to be there. And it was all, like, you know, your Stargirl and Vigilante and, yeah. you know, um, uh, Shiny Knight, all that sort of stuff and all that. And I don't know. Well, that's one of my favorite episodes. It's a one, it's a standalone sort of story, but... Oh, I fucking love this. I'll, that's I'll probably one of my favourite episodes. I'll check it out. I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. I, um, I, I think it's it's fantastic stuff. Um, and oh, this is hilarious. Just proving that I am now officially just an old man, Rich. Um, <laughs> like I didn't I, need proof, but I can go. Yeah, in. I was I was kicking back in bed, and I often, you know, I like to have that audio book to fall asleep to, and literally to fall asleep to, and I. Um, I have different moods, and if I'm kind of more awake-ish, I like the history book, you know, because I can think about it and digest it. But I was sitting there, I was like, man, you know what I really miss? I used to love reading Mark Twain, and and I hadn't read him in so long, but, but I, I, I genuinely liked reading him when I was younger, and I was like, I know he did all this writing, that I've just never read. You know, I'm aware... He was a real man of letters, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's so much. And I'd, I'd purchased it on Kindle for, like, a buck. You can get pretty much all of it. But I was like, I actually want to... I was like, I'm sure that someone could audiobook this stuff because his story... He was such a good storyteller. And I went on to Audible and included in my subscription was a ton of Mark Twain, like a ton, and, and, and good narrators, like the same people who narrate, like, the stand and stuff and, and, and mm. all this. And, and I was like, so I, put, I, I deliberately put stuff onto my, um, onto my phone that I hadn't read, you know what I mean? Because like, it's not like I've read tons of Mark Twain. I've, I've, I've read a bit, but I, I, I put on Roughing It, which is a story of him going into the American West when he was young. And, yeah, I selected a few things and put them on my phone, loving it.
And Michelle came into the car, and I had it going on in the car, and she came in, and she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's my muck twat. <laughs> it's like, you are officially, like, a grandpa now. Um, but, like, man, such Nothing a... Nothing wrong with Mark Twain, though. Some classic oh. stuff. Oh, totally. Totally agree. Like, I, I think he's an absolutely fantastic storyteller. I really do. I think he's, like... And that's what he is. And I remember when I was younger and I read him um, and I really enjoyed it. And then I sort of became aware, like probably 10 years later, just how much of what a fantastically diverse and prolific author he was. And, um, and yeah, I mean, and Chuck Dixon said uh, to me when I was mentioning, he said he's the first real American author, you know, like fully American. You know what I mean? Like, it's a mm. really American voice. Oh, people are still literally quoting him today, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's fantastic. Like, well, he is super quoted. Like, I mean, I think one of the most fa- like the uh, a quote that gets used quite often mm. these days is the um, "It is easier to what's it? It's easier to convince. It's it's easier to convince someone something's true than convincing that they've been fooled or something like that." Right. Right. Yeah. I can't remember the exact quote, but I know that one gets used a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because when someone gets fooled, they don't want to admit yes. that, that they've been fooled or that, that what, what they believe or something is not true. And so it's much easier to to convince someone of a lie than convince them that they've been fooled or something like that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's, yeah I, I, get, I get what you're saying. No, really great storyteller, and it's been an absolute pleasure. The problem is I keep falling asleep because... I'm so. Of course you do. I'm, I'm, I think everyone knows that by now. I'm so tired when I, when I go to bed and I'm like, I'm just going to put this audio book on. I reckon I've got like an hour in me. I sometimes reckon I've got about three minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm like, oh my god, I got to start this chapter again. And he's such a good writer, and the 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 narrator is the same guy who narrates the stand. He's such a good, he's a perfect fit for this kind of Americana kind of storytelling travelogue. And I and he just sweeps me under the spell again and again. It's like it's like Morpheus the Sandman with the you know the the sleeping dust or whatever. I'm just like I'm just out like a light, and <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. So um, now, Richard, uh, turning to news, Aquaman two trailer. You liked it? Apparently, oh, I thought it wasn't terrible. No, yeah. I mean, I watched it. I thought like it was the, the, okay. I know some people are complaining about the VX, uh, the the uh, visual effects, but I'm like, it looks a hell of a lot better than Flash did. So it does, yeah. Like, it doesn't look great. Like it's not like, oh wow, oh my god, and my mind's blown. But I'm like, but shit, does it look better than fucking Flash? Like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry if you think that is as bad as Flash. You need your you need your eyes checked. It looked okay. Um, yeah, but man, sometimes when you saw him in the suit, the suit just looked too bulky on him. Mm. Like I feel like it needed to look more skin tight. Yeah, uh, uh, because sometimes it looks like he's wearing this really thick, bulky, padded thing, and I'm like, I don't like the. Um, I definitely don't like the look of that. I, I'm certainly, I'm. I mean, I'm super unexcited by the thought of another Aquaman movie. But I thought it was a decent trailer. In in you know for what it was, I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, but I was also like, do we need this? Really? You know, um, is the world crying out for this? And you know, and I hate to be this guy, but there is a bit of me that just feels, am I all superheroed out on the movies? Like, he's like, I'm Aquaman. You know, I, 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 a year ago I didn't have a job. Now I've got a job. I'm the king and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, mate, you know, it, I thought actually visually it looked pretty cool, actually, to be honest. I thought that was – I, I was thinking to myself, this looks a lot better than what I expected. Um, I'm sure I'll probably enjoy it. I didn't hate the first one by any means. I actually thought it was quite watchable. I'd probably give a 6.5 to a 7. Um, I'd hope for about the same here. I, I don't feel like the first one was so amazing it couldn't be bettered or anything, you know, like – um, but again, it wasn't actually terrible. Like no. I, I, I got to say, the first movie was actually pretty decent. The only thing I didn't really like about it was just some of the Atlantis designs, sure, um, like their suits and all that sort of stuff. I don't know why they went with such a like a garish, weird. I, I guess they were trying to maybe make him look shark-like or fin-like, but I didn't. I didn't like that. But I thought Black Manta looked pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I thought the fucking fights at the bottom of the sea were pretty cool, like, yeah. like the Lord yeah. of the Rings shit. Like, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? There was parts of it that I actually quite like. So, you know, again, not terrible. I, I didn't hate it. No, I, t- I totally agree with you. What you're saying, man. I, I, I agree. I actually felt that there's probably quite a good chance that I'll quite enjoy this movie. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and Jesus Christ, it's about time, isn't it? That really, you know, they put out a decent movie <laughs> you know what i mean like it feels like it feels yeah. like we've we've really waited and waited and waited to just get a decent movie yeah um, well i mean we we did think that they may have got there because obviously the first wonder Woman movie was was pretty good and yeah. the first aqua movie was also pretty good that we were like okay maybe they could salvage this but then they just went off a cliff yeah yeah no i agree um, yeah, well, we'll see what it's like. Now, I heard a weird rumour that was reported to me by Adam the Computer that there was a rumour that the movie was lost in the WB servers. Did you did you hear this? What? No. What does that mean? Well, there was a rumour that the actual digital copy of the movie had been lost and, like, it couldn't be retrieved. This, 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 this came out during the week and Adam the Computer sent me the link and I believe it was even on Variety. Um, they reported oh, on this. Okay. Like now, obviously that's not the case. And it was just before the trailer came out. Um, yeah, like uh, had you heard this, Rich? Any anyone no. reported this to you? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. The first I heard about it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm not I sure. Feel like that it should have been bigger news if it was something legit. I feel like. Yeah, maybe this was just a case of like a. Um, you know, what do you call it, like a viral rumour, you know? And, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that was the, that was the problem. Maybe it was, like, j- just a rumour and there was no truth to it whatsoever, you know? Eh, who knows? Wow, man, I, I'd love to know. We've got to get, um, we, here, here we go. Here we go. I found it. The next, this was, yeah, it was a site... I found it. It's a site called Giant Freaking Robot. The, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Giant Freaking Robot. The yeah. next big DC superhero movie being deleted from WB servers will never be released. Um, and this was the thing. Uh, as reports of Aquaman 2 being dumped began to spread on social media, which is when Adam sent it to me, Warner Brothers released a teaser stating the full-length trailer would drop on September 14, which it has. Although the teaser is just 30 seconds long and offers an exciting glimpse. So, yeah, the, the, that's what happened. It went viral very briefly, and then they released a teaser 
and then they released. Yeah, it, it actually made yeah some 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 real some real um news. It's it was it was weird, but obviously it sounds like it's false. And then they've, they've rushed released trailers to sort of say no no there is a film. It has a release date. But it must be because we just saw trailers. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that sounds like that's what they did. As as it started to go viral, they were like, fuck this, let's just pump, just, let's, let, let's release this trailer, which we've I, got. I must be honest with you, like, the, the one downside about, mm. I feel like, the internet and all that sort of stuff now is, I don't feel like people do their, their due diligence anymore. Like, there's what so many, like, false news and, and rumours and reports. But what are you supposed to do, just... man? If you're, if you're in the news game like we are, and I get internet spies reporting to me it's happening, man. What are you supposed to do? No, 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 Dave, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, you, you, you're not a journalist. I Sorry. am. I am. Are you kidding, Dave? <laughs> you're not a journalist. I you am. are reporting on the news, but you are not the one that's actually I've looking broken, into the news. I've that's broken writing news the stuff. Before. I've broken news before. I, I've had CB Sabalski uh, re- respond to various rumors and stuff like that. I have. Actually, gone. yeah, that doesn't make you a journalist, though. I am a journalist. I we are in the we are in the game. I'm not saying we're high up on the food chain. No, we we are in the media game. Yeah, but but you and I, we're not the people that write the fucking news articles and report <laughs> like the the uh, that uh, it, our job is to investigate the the news to before we report it. Fair enough, man. I guess like we're the ones who once it's been reported, we dissect it and we look into it and. Sure. We, we discuss it, but we're not the ones who are like, oh, okay, here's a story that's come across my desk. I need to go and check all my contacts and uh, reach out to them, get comments, see if it's true or not before I fucking... Seems, like a, lot of, seems like a lot of work for me. Okay, I'll just yeah. say something. I feel like a lot of journalists now literally just read something on Twitter and then write an article about it and go, job done. Sure. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I still think I'm a journalist, personally. I mean... I've always, I've always been, I've always felt like I'm one step away from w- cracking open a Watergate. I've always said that to you, man. I, I often you feel do realize you actually have to actually get like off your ass <laughs> to be able to do that, right? What are you talking about, man? A lot of the shit you can do, but online now, man. Haven't you seen? Not, no, not, no, 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 Dave. That's how you get it wrong. <laughs> Sitting in your in your chair reading about what other people are writing. That's how you get it wrong. Doing the actual investigation yourself, doing the, you know, uh, getting that, doing the beat, hitting up the sort of stuff, you know, getting to the contact, going to the seedy areas. That's how you break a story, not sitting in your behind with your desk. (laughs) I don't know, man. Have you seen the movie The Net? Because that's the kind of shit that I'm doing now. You know what I mean? Like Sandra Bullock. Back in the nineties, man, that's where I am now, man. Like, good job, Dave. Good job. Yeah, man. I like that you used a bit of fiction to prove your point. <laughs> I like it. Bold move. I have broken news fiction to to, I, to. I have broken news on the show. Excuse me. And one of those things was the return of Wolverine. I had CB Sabowski confirm that Wolverine was returning, and I reported on that on the show. That was direct from the horse's mouth. And what about all my interviews, by the way? What about all my interviews that I have with all these people and all the stories that I get, man? That's that's media, dude. That's journalism, my friend. Think of all the behind-the-scenes stuff we've got. But let's not forget... No, Chuck- that, that makes yeah. you an interviewer. Let's not forget... Let's not it forget. makes you an interviewer, mate. That doesn't make you a reporter slash journalist. That I, makes you an interviewer. I view myself... That's a completely different job. Let me remind you who my patron saint is, Lois Lane. 
And Lois, in her guise, was once quizzing Chuck D. Listen, my patron saint is fucking Superman. They don't make me Kryptonian. <laughs> and I, I, I had Chuck Dixon on the line, and he went into detail of that conversation between him and Robert Kaniger back in the late 70s on the couch in the DC offices. And we got in deep, man, real deep. You remember it, Rich. And that's journalism, my friend. That was in-depth, okay. investigative reporting. All right, all right, Dave. Thank all you. right, live your fantasy, bro. Thank do you. do what Thank you want. Live your Thank fantasy. Thank you. I will. Um, yeah, but also uh, one thing I will say is, you, you are right in that you inspire me to be more of a journalist. You know, I love to get out there and kind of one thing I would like to do, Rich, and tell me if this would be you know possible. You know, find like a UFO society. And go with them on the hunt and stuff and report on it? That's the kind of thing I would like to do. What would you describe that as? Like man on the ground style, you know? That, Dave, again, that's what I'm trying to say to you, Dave. If you got off your arse <laughs> and did shit, I would happily call you a fucking journalist. <laughs> but if you sit behind your desk, Where I'm you? not calling, I'm sorry, I'm not calling you a journalist. Okay. But if I if I got onto the if I went to the UFO society, thing, yeah, you, you are so fascinated with UFOs. If you actually went <laughs> undercover or went around, went to all these different stuff, you know, <laughs> snuck in or do the stuff, try to forget, then yes, I would say fuck yeah, you're okay. a real lowest lane there, buddy. Thank you. Well, that's good. I, so there is. But hope. you haven't done that, so you're not quite you know. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? I could be building up to that. That could be my next. Okay, good. And then when you do it. I promise I will call you a journalist. I'll even call you Lois. Thank you. Well, I would appreciate that. Um, yeah. So anyway, look, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think everyone, I think a lot of people out there do see me as, oh, you see me as an anchorman, but I, I'm an anchorman who wants to be in the field. Now, um, signal abductions, uh, Richard, did you get any purchases this week? Did anything fall into your little lap? Uh... I mean, I didn't technically buy Starfield, but... Oh, yeah. I, I well, give us, give us your assessment, please, Richard. Of, um, you gave us a, is, a teaser last week, but give yeah. us the in-depth. It is definitely a game. <laughs> well, that's a start, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm playing it. I am, yeah, I, I am enjoying it, but I don't love it. Um, sure probably i think i i think it overall it probably gets more wrong than it gets right really um but i'm still i'm still on board for now like because it's one of those listen it's one of those games where i've i can i've spent 24 hours in total playing it and i still don't feel like i've done that much right so you know it's definitely one of those sort of bethesda games where yeah you know you feel like you've done a lot but then you're probably like shit i've only done like two main quests uh, you know, uh, and I'm still at the beginning. What are the graphics like, Rich? Oh, look, it's definitely the the, the best looking Bethesda game. Okay. Um, and you know what? I mean, there's a lot of people that complain. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like the 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 NPCs. You know, oh, they look lifeless. Oh, they got the mannequin faces. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what makes it a Bethesda game. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There's so like for so long. Like, I like that the NPCs look like they're from a Bethesda game because it means that I can tell it's a Bethesda game. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, if you show me a picture and I go, oh, that looks like a fucking Bethesda game. Yeah. And it is. I like that. You're like, whether it's 
perfect or oh, it's next-gen graphics and they're so uber-realistic. I'm like, I like the fact that I can look at it and go, that's a Bethesda NPC. You know what yeah, I mean? Because it yeah. gives it that style and that yeah, charm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the best-looking Bethesda NPCs that you've ever seen. Like Better than Oblivion? Better than... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's better than Fallout 4. Right. Everything that does right, there's even things that it does worse than even Fallout 4. Like, I think the dialogue options in this are actually worse than yeah. Fallout 4. And this, and this time your character doesn't even talk. Really? So they've gone to the old thing of, like, you just choose a response. Yeah, yeah, you choose the responses, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. still only get, like, three responses or something like that. Like, it, yeah. I just feel like my options for dialogue are super, super, super lacking. Like, I don't feel... Like I get to say what I want to say, like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, it's is it I the like radiant like, style? Yeah, I totally agree with them and kiss their ass. Um, uh, I'm sort of meh about it in the middle, or I'm like fuck off, bro. But I'm like, yeah, but th- I, there needs to be in between those. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there needs to be a. I'm super enthusiastic. I'm like, you know what? I don't like it, but I'll do it. Then there's the whole like, sure. yeah, I'm not doing it. And then there's a, like, listen, I'll do it, but only if there's time. Can't make any promises. To then the whole like get fucked you know what i mean like i feel like you should have five choices for a character not three like that's just for dialogue that's just my yeah sort of thing um the ship building is very clunky but i like that it has ship building i've seen some people's ships online like some people have made uh, boba fett slave ship one they've made cool. um darth maul's fighter i saw someone make the ebon hawk from nice the old republic um oh. people are making even halo ships all that sort of stuff so i mean there's some very talented people yeah. for me i just find the building very clunky yeah like it's very um, i i, I not... read that if you form them as boxes and stuff like you can't be beaten and everything i mm. I, I, I saw this on probably, i'm sure you could probably say i make a borg ship <laughs> yeah yeah like... you know what i mean but, uh but oh i, I mean I, I but again i like shit like i stole a ship yeah. Like, I, so here's the link. Like, I don't like the exploration because it is very dead. It is very empty. Yeah. Um, but you do still occasionally come across something cool. Like, mm. uh, uh, your kind of your map tells you if there's something in the distance kind of thing of like, you know, there, there's something, there's a structure or something like that and go explore it. Sure. And I went there, and it was an abandoned farm, but I saw all these, like, lasers fucking going off. You know what I mean? It sounded like a firefight. And I went there. There's no quest or anything like that. And it's just basically these bots. They've killed all the farmers, and the bots are fighting the um, the bandits, the marauders. Do you know right, what I mean? yeah. The pirates. And so I just wait in there and just kill everyone, then loot them all and all this sort of stuff. And then another time, I was just out and exploring, and I just came across a, a landed ship, and these pirates were milling around, and I just shot them all and then commandeered the ship. Just flew off of the ship, and yeah. then now I have. Okay, I'm up to my third ship now. <laughs> but there's like you can steal ships, you can board ships, you can steal them, you can buy ships. Like it's, I like the game. Yeah. I don't love the game. No, right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I, I do want to keep playing. Like it's, it's enough that I'm like, I will keep playing because I am enjoying myself, but I'm not like, oh my god. I just want to play it for 24 hours straight. I can't put it down. Sure. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more like, yeah, I'll play for like two hours a night and then go yeah. to bed. Like, okay. it's one of those games where I am invested, but not like, like, I'm not joking. When I got Fallout 4, yeah, I almost didn't sleep for two days. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I was just, I was enthralled. I was loving it. Mm. Um, because at the time, it was, it was the best looking Bethesda game 
sure. that they'd made. You know, the graphics were way better. And I just got lost in their world just fucking running it around. It is a great game. Exploring and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, but this game hasn't done that for me. Like, the exploration is definitely not... It's not fun. You well, definitely... They needed to give you some sort of vehicle. Like, even if I go to work to unlock it or do some questing or something... Sure. You, you've got to provide a vehicle at some point. But no, you've literally got to run. Like What? There's no buggy or something? Nope. Why? Nope. I don't know, man. But it makes exploration fucking tedious, man. Like, seriously. Like, but is it... So, is it like you go to a planet and some of the planets are just dead? Uh, I haven't been to one yet. So every planet I've been to has had life on it. It's there's been some like settlements, abandoned settlements, uh, uh, pirates. I haven't been. I have not yet been to a planet where there's literally nothing on it. But again, I'm at the beginning stages. I haven't right. really gone to the outskirts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of of the galaxy where I believe there'll be probably less. Is there like a Star um, Warsy vibe? Like are there like cantinas and stuff? Mm, not Star Warsy, no. Um, it's only humans. Like, there's no alien races or anything like that. Oh, isn't um, there? No. No aliens at all. No. Well, I, in the game, you're working. You join a a, a a a group that is like looking. Right. Like they're exploring the galaxy. They've found these um, artifacts that no one can explain, and I think you are looking for answers and looking if there's other life or like where these artifacts came from. So I think the whole game is maybe leading or building up right. towards like, you know, right. meeting an alien race or something like that. Um, yeah. okay. th- th- that's the impression I'm getting. Um, it's very, I'd say it's probably a little bit more Firefly. Okay. Well, that's a feeling. Good... Yeah. Okay. Um, well, like than Star Firefly. Wars or Star Trek or anything like that. Okay. But yeah, so it's giving it's you're giving like a tentative sort of half thumbs up from the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'd probably give it a like. I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of agreeing with IGN's like seven because I'm like yeah. six six point five at the moment. Like, yeah, it's good. It's not great. It's uh, definitely not game of the year type of thing. But I do know why they've made a lot of the planets like sort of empty uh. because they want you to set up. Um, posts right and then you've got to build like a settlement but so i think that's a that's another like, reason why it's not like is. an online thing is it it's just you isn't it no it is you but i think what they want you to do is you are some, it's trying to make you feel like a settler right so okay. you go to a planet that's rich in something there's no life or whatever and so you build sure an yeah. outpost there do you know what i yeah, mean like yeah, i guess yeah. that's the idea you 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 go yeah. and build outposts and you build like an empire or sure well, i don't know empire but like a settlement I, I i get that's the, what they were going for which is why they've probably got a lot of very empty planets but as it it's it's fun uh when shit's happening it's really boring when nothing's happening. so right yeah okay cool well that's a pretty interesting review um yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, it, it, it's interesting. I'll put it that way. Um, can, can I say something? There's actually something that bothers me about this game. Um, sure. So this game is set centuries after Earth is no more, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like Earth is literally just like a barren planet. No one goes to it. It's been sure. centuries, and it really bothers me that everyone still has like really distinct accents. Right. You were um, mentioning this to me, weren't you? You were saying yeah, something. It's just it's something that takes me out of the game where I walk up to someone and I start talking to them and they have like a really thick 
Kiwi accent, or they've got a really thick Australian accent, or they've got a really thick French accent, and they've got a really thick um, uh, uh, British accent or Irish accent. Because I just thought to myself, hang on a second, if you've all expanded, like, mm. and you're all out on different planets, mm. like, in the real world, mm. Americans don't talk like they're British, right? right. Americans, once they got the independence and whatever, they, they've developed their own accent, their own language yeah, basically their own right? dialect yeah yeah same with the the dutch right mm. like the 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 afrikaners in south africa don't sound like your 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 dutch your sure your, you know your, your netherlands sort of stuff and all that like uh, canadians you know a lot of french there they've again they've got a different i just feel like i wish they had sort of like let people maybe have a bit of fun and say you know what kind of make your own little accent or sure give yourself some different inflections or something like that to you know maybe borrow from here a little bit borrow from there so that we you kind of creating your own yeah dialect, yeah, yeah. your own accent it's just when it's someone's got like a really thick fucking french accent and i'm like <laughs> earth hasn't been a thing for like you know a thousand years but if it's a french colony then maybe they no, but that's it. the thing. it's not it's not it's, it's all mixed bro like okay right. you'll go to a place and every single person in this place has got a different accent Okay, well, that makes less sense. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you'll run up to this guy and he's talking, he's got a thick Australian accent, and the person next to him, yeah. they start talking and they've got a thick Irish accent. And you're yeah. like, that's not how that, that makes that's less sense. would work. Yeah, that's, you make it, you actually make, I didn't realize that's the point you're making. You make a good point. Uh, no, yeah, if, yeah. if they were colonies, like they were like, oh, this yeah. one was formed by the Aussies and yes. this one was formed by the, then yes, I could probably understand that, you know, although I don't think they would have such a thick accent, but. I tell you, um, um, it reminds me of um, my favourite, one of my, probably one of my all-time favourite authors, Julian May, uh, when she did her Galactic Milieu tril uh, trilogy kind of thing, when they expanded into the stars, it was very much like different countries and nations and stuff would have their own colonies and exactly what you're saying, like the French would have certain planets and stuff that would be very French-focused. Uh, you know, you'd have English, American, et cetera, et cetera, which is what I was thinking it must be in what you're talking about. But you're right. If, if it's every man and his dog getting on a planet and it's 400 years in the future, um, those local dialects from way back in the day, if everyone was blended, would break down over 400 years, you know? I wish they had just let them have a bit of fun and and say, hey, you know, kind of make your own little accents, you know, like sure. maybe go for something British, but make it your own, you know what I mean? Or you decide what sort of, you know, um, yeah. inflections you want to have just so that I go, oh, okay, that sounds interesting or new or different or sure. something like that. So I don't know. It's just something that bothered me. That's all. No, no, that's fair enough, man. That's a decent point. Now, uh, in Signal Abductions, um, Michael Kellersham mentioned he got a Prince Valiant Saga of the Swinging Sword for simile uh, hardcover, limited to only 450 printed in Belgium. This volume collects all the strips from 1945. Wow. Hal Foster was decades ahead of the rest of the comic book industry in terms of artwork and his storytelling ability. Uh, his work should be a textbook for modern writers on how to advance the plot and entertain with minimal space. Most of these strips only have five to six panels yet grab you into the world. Best of all, he bought it for only $3. There is a lot to be said for the old comic book strips. You know, I, I've always felt. You know? I'm, I'm no I agree. I'm no expert on them, but I can tell you, having read a fair chunk of Phantom back in the day, 
I always was impressed with what they were doing. You know? I, I always felt that those old Phantom strips were miles ahead of the game. You know? To me, at least, anyway. And I think mm. a good comic book strip is, um, yeah, worth its weight in gold. Now, this was... Um, Michelle and I watched the new Turtles movie. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's enjoyable. I mean... It's silly. Um, we both gave it around a 7.5. I, I certainly no higher than that. Um, that's probably even slightly too high. It's kind of in that 7 to 7.5 region. I mean, it's, it's good fun. It is very silly. Um, I will say that. It is definitely very lighthearted, which I kind of dug, um, you know, because there's a couple of ways to go with turtles, and I don't mind them going darker either. It's a hell of a lot better than those awful Michael Bay ones. You know, um, a lot better than that. Um, And the spirit's good in it. Like, it is funny. I think, look, a lot of people would roll their eyes at it. But those same people would roll their eyes at the 80s Turtles too. You know, Um, it is is kind of a bit of a love letter to the, uh, the spirit of the old stuff. The animation style I liked. It is very. Uh, it's almost. Uh, Michelle said it's almost like claymation. You know, it's not claymation, but it's it, it's got that feel. Um, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not an animator, but I I just felt that it it worked. You know, and it it was a bit of a bold swing. I don't know how it did at the box office or anything, Rich. I I really don't know. Um, I think it's doing all right. Yeah, look, and, and you know what? As a movie, I would say it's all right. Like, it's actually not not bad or terrible or anything. It's it was better than I expected. I had a good time. I mean, I, I'd watch it again. You know, I, I'd I'd like more. I felt they got more right than wrong. The couple of times I was like, oh god, this is silly. But then I was like, yeah, but that's kind of the spirit of it, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I was happy at the end of it. I was happy. I. I it it sort of slows down a couple of times. It, it's it's a weirdly paced movie. It's not the tightest movie in the world. It's actually quite sort of loose, is how I'd describe it. It's a, there's a looseness to the whole thing, and they're having fun as well. I think kids would probably love it. Um, the kid in me was enjoying himself, and I think it really for you know younger. Um, viewers, I, I I think there's a lot to like. Oh my god, I just remembered the um, the uh, Mondo Gecko was hilarious. Like the, vi- the so-called villains in it are actually really cool when when they they get the chance to shine. And um, uh, Splinter is funny. Jackie Chan plays Splinter, and it's he's just the worst Splinter ever out of all the Splinters. Like in terms of, I mean, in terms of his like um. Uh, fighting and stuff like he's just like the lamest splinter ever. But Jackie Chan is good. The turtles are good. Um, all round, it's a tick. Oh, yeah. I, I will say this: this is the second time mm. that uh, Jackie Chan has uh, taken the role originally supposed to be Japanese. Right. Okay. Because if you remember, he, he in the Karate Kid remake, sure. he played the Mister Miyagi. Yep. Role or character, which again in the original Karate Kid was Japanese. And obviously in this, he's playing Splinter, uh-huh. who is also supposed to be a Japanese rat. Do we so I'm like, yeah. Do we care? I'm just, I, it's a funny observation that, like, 
it's uh, I just think it's funny that like Jackie Chan keeps getting these roles that were originally Japanese. I suppose. So. Well, uh, yeah. Well, in this one, actually, as a bit of a turtle historian, this one is Splinter is much more lame than normal. Like he's just a he's a cowardly rat. That's it. There's nothing about a master who's a you know karate expert or whatever. You know, you know how normally it's like the master is the karate expert and Shredder. Etc. Etc. Goes after the master, and and you know the rat was mimicking the master's karate poses before, or ninja pose, whatever it's called, ninjutsu poses before Shredder comes and gets him. There's none of that in this. He's just a rat, quite a cowardly rat actually, who gets hit with the slime on the same day as the turtles. So he's just a rat, just a standard rat, basically, and then he learns karate and stuff from. They're like action movies, like including Jackie Chan movies. That's how they learn it all together, basically. So they, they, they scrub up the origin a fair bit and get rid of a lot of the sort of stuff from the origin. Not that the origin's incredibly complicated, but like they do get rid of that stuff that ties him to the, the Foot Clan and all that stuff. There's none of that. So, um, in that sense, it, it kind of to me, I look and I'm being I'm nitpicking because I don't really care. But they kind of make Splinter a bit more lame. But he does get a scene at the end where he displays his abilities, which is good, because I do like Splinter. I prefer my Splinter to be the classic, but that's a very oh, okay. minor nitpick, you know? So we, we, we are still making plans to go watch this. Um, we just haven't had the time. Mm. But the thing that does turn me off a little bit mm. is... Um, I kind of would have preferred the like. So I, I know their attitude was like, "Oh, you know, people always forget the teenage part of Ninja Turtles," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I wish you'd focus on the ninja part because that's much cooler than being a fucking teenager." Like, sure, I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer cool kung fu action than you know a bunch of well, there's a bit of that awkward nerdy. No, but I'm just saying, like, I prefer. I'm talking about what I prefer the focus to be. Sure. Sure. If, if if we're going to focus and be like, well, what's the focus? They're the teenage, let's focus on the teenage part. I'd be like, eh, I'd prefer you focus on the ninja part, if I'm being honest. like, Yeah, well, they are, I mean, they are very teenage in this. Um, they are, they're, they're actually, if anything, you know what they remind me of a lot? The original movie, uh, in terms of how they banter and stuff. Like, it's very that, <laughs> that style. Um so there's a lot to like, to be honest. Uh, like, uh, we enjoyed it. Um, I actually had fairly low expectations. For, I don't know why. I just I, I just had really convinced myself I wasn't going to like it, and which I kind of wish I hadn't done because it was actually quite fun. And I, I think I just sort of had worked myself up into a state where I was like, I'm not going to like this. It's going to be stupid. And then, then I was like, no, I'm enjoying this. It's good. Like... I'd want more, frankly, of, of, like, I think they got it right. Like, I I always felt the Michael Bay ones were, I I mean, really, honestly, I tried really hard to like them, but I I just didn't like the movies, and I really didn't like the design of the Turtles. Um, Whereas this design is actually fun. The one thing I would say is I think they really neutered Raph. Raph is really lost in the mix in this movie. He is the most docile Raph ever. He is mm. really... But 
that said, it looks a bit fat, if I'm being honest. No, but that said, uh, other characters actually really shine. So Leonardo has a lot of good moments. Donatello has good moments. Mikey has good moments. Armando Gecko has good moments. Um, there's a really, there's some really funny moments. So any concerns I have, they're very minor nitpicks, which you could easily mm. fix in the sequel. Like it's nothing. You know, I mean, I'm confident in giving a 7.5, and Michelle said the same. We, we were sort of both pleasantly sort of surprised. I think both of yeah. us were I really... It's, I think it's definitely, and it, it's not meant as like a knock or anything, but it's definitely a movie that is inspired, I think, by um, Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah I, well, yeah, I think that there's, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of, I thought that as well. Um, even in terms of the, like, fairly ambitious animation style, um that Spider-Verse has. This is not of the same quality, but it. But again, it's that they're doing something quite different uh, to the standard. And, I mean, I think it works. I, I, I actually think it's... I actually think it's a win. I think it's some of the best Turtle stuff that they've put out in cinemas in ages. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And um, I would think it's quite popular with, with kids and younger you know, audiences and stuff. I, I imagine a lot of them would really like it, you know, which I really is the future of the Turtles. Like, if you honestly, like, old fans like me, yeah, it's great that we've got some good Turtles and it warms the heart, but the future of the franchise lies with the children, you know? Mm. Um, you know, honestly, they're, they're the ones who are going to kind of carry the torch for the Turtles in the next, you know, you know, decade and stuff. So... I, I, yeah, I, I, I say congratulations to, um, uh, who is it, Seth Rogen and, and his producing partner, I, I forget the guy's name, um, is it Evan Goldberg, someone like that, He's, I forget his name now off the top of my head, but I think that might be it, but I, I, I think they've hit a winner, personally, I, I, I was actually quite impressed, and I wish I hadn't, and I've got to stop doing this, where I get a preconception based on nothing, I just, I just had a, I just honestly had worked myself up into a state where I didn't think I was going to like it. And then I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And like, for, have an open mind. You know, that was, and that was mm. with, within the first five minutes of the, of the show, I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. You know, they're, they're doing a lot right here. So, you know, I, I honestly think, apart from a couple of things in pop culture, like there's a couple of shows probably and a couple of movies that are pretty much perfect. You know, nearly everything... Even stuff you love, you can you can you can get the microscope out and nitpick pointlessly, kind of thing. You know, like I'm not talking about badly flawed movies and shows. I'm talking about really good stuff. Like every, anyone can nitpick. This is the, honestly anything I'm thinking about this movie. It's just a nitpick. It's actually it's actually pretty good. And I'd love to put it down in front of uh, what I would love to see is someone who knew nothing about the turtles or very little. What you know, like a younger person, you know, fifteen below, what they thought of it. You know, I'd love to know how it energizes them. If you walk in not knowing who Donatello mm. is or who Michelangelo is and who you know this and that, how you'd enjoy it. I actually think it was quite accessible. Um, oh, I have to ask though, how did you, how did you find the new April? Uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, quite enjoyable, actually, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, she's good, actually. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, the, the character, she's actually... No, she really fits into the movie. And that, actually, that's right. That's probably what I thought I wasn't going to like. No, the character is really part of the team. It's She's a proper April, actually, to be honest. I, I felt 
it was it was good, really good. Yeah. Now she's a big part of the movie actually too. So she's in a lot, um, and they do her really well. And April's such a buddy and pal, you know what I mean, of the turtles. Like you know, she's such a member of the gang as far as I'm concerned. That you've got to like April. If you get April wrong, well, you're kind of going to get the movie wrong. No, the April is good. She fits in really well, um, to be honest. So, yeah, there's there's nothing there that is you know is bad. Actually, it's pretty good, you know. And I also feel that they've set it up where if there's demand, they could do more. You know, it really has that feel. Like it's a really good promise. You know, when you saw X Men One. You know what I mean? You're like, it's really cool. I really enjoyed it, but I feel like we can go further. That's how this felt. I was like, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Of, they're, they're hitting a lot of the right tone here. They've got it. They know what they're doing. Give me more, basically, is how I felt at the end of it, you know? Um, and I, I, as I said, I, I, I'll look at the box office now because I really haven't paid attention to the box office recently. Um, but, of course, you know, Hollywood does. <laughs> So mm-hmm. let's let's have a look. What, what, what's it called? Is it just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Mutant Mayhem, isn't it? That's it. Something like that. Teen, Teenage Mutant. Let's let's have a look. I wonder how expensive this movie was to make. I don't know. I really don't know with this kind of animation if it's cheap or expensive. You know, I I, I just don't know. It's quite unusual animation. I'll say that. Like it's not something I've seen. Okay, so it's done okay. It's it's made hundred and sixty two. Worldwide, fifty million internationally, one hundred and twelve domestically. I, I, I honestly don't know how expensive the movie was to make. I mean, that's what it all comes down to, you know. Really, I, I don't know if this kind of movie's cheap um, or expensive. I, I just don't know. It's certainly not going to be like a live action movie. It's, it's numbers. The, 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 the numbers aren't amazing. They're, they're okay. If it's a low-budget movie, they're great, but I, I just don't know how expensive it is to make that kind of a film. I, I really don't know. Do you have any idea with animated stuff? No, I don't know how much this one costs to make them. Yeah, well, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But, um, but uh, you know, regardless, it was, it was actually a good movie. So, um, yeah, you know, check it out. Now, this was really interesting. Uh, Fables. We created Bill Willingham has made his best-selling Fable series, which is a DC, uh, how can we say, like, um, you know, basically Vertigo franchise that's been going on for 20 years, is now a public domain property. After a spat with DC, he announced, as of 15th September 2023, the comic book property Fables, including all related Fable spin-offs and characters, is now in the public domain. What was once wholly owned by Bill Willingham is now owned for every by everyone for all time. It's done, and as most experts will tell you, once done, it cannot be undone. Takebacks are neither contemplated nor positive, nor possible. He gave a long list of grievances from not being paid royalties from video games, and those same games radically changing his characters without his consent. To DC trying to trick him into signing over control of the property when doing an anniversary special. I actually read his Substack. Um, Thing. And his allegations are damning. I mean, I don't know how, how true it is, but certainly he... I mean, it's a drastic step, what he's done. I mean, it's... To be honest, it's 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 amazing what he's, what he's actually done. He, he's declared a property that he is the owner of, but he's tied to DC for the publishing. He has effectively made it all public domain. So he can't do 
fable stuff without DC, but everyone else now apparently can. Now, how true that is, really? obviously, you know, what I mean is, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, if, if I tomorrow said I'm going to write a fables, you know, series, uh, would I be sued by DC? You would say probably, um, and then, of course, it would be up to the courts, but it is, I mean, honestly, it is a massive... Um, step by him what did you think of this rich um it's an interesting reaction because if he owns it Mm. then i'm not sure how this i'm not sure how this sticks it to dc um well i guess because they can um yeah well i guess his point is that people can do it without doing it via dc no no but he could have just allowed other people to use the license yeah i don't know i i, I don't you know what i mean like yeah. okay fine dc's not paying you royalties and they're trying to get control of it all that. okay great you can go and you own it mm. so you can go do it somewhere else uh, but that's right own it. i think his contract he couldn't do that i i believe that was what his whole point was. but he can make it public domain apparently because well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Apparently, look, we're going on extreme thing like that, but not a minor thing like take it somewhere else. We're going on. We're we're, we're only going on his um, say so. So we're getting one man's opinion. I read his Substack. In essence, his contract with DC it did acknowledge him as the sole creator of it and, and owner of it. So it wasn't work for hire. He's actually in yeah. his contract. He, he's told that, but he's tied to DC for the printing of it, basically. So he himself couldn't go to... Any new stuff. Yes. He himself, apparently, according to him, he himself couldn't go to Dark Horse and say, I want to do Fables over here because DC kind of have exclusive access to it. it that's what it seemed to be. But how he okay. then has the... What's interesting is... Okay, that's what he seems to claim. And his problems were all to do with royalties and not being paid on time, uh, underpaid. Uh, he seems to have gotten screwed on a video game deal, which seemed to be a bit of pill. Uh, and also, they seem to be negotiating in bad faith. What we know of DC and Marvel, I do believe they would be negotiating in bad faith. They've done this for, you know, decades. But, um, yes, but what I do find interesting, Rich, is that he would then have the power to turn around and say it's public domain. That is something... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so weird that you wouldn't put that in the fucking agreement. Yeah, that... Well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, I, not many people would do that, I suppose, but, I mean, you would think that they would cover all bases. Yeah, and, and don't forget, I mean, just the fact he, he says and does this doesn't mean it can't be challenged in a court of law. You know, like, like this guy's God. Um, mm. Who knows what legal advice he's got? Like, copyright law is notoriously litigious and difficult, very difficult to understand the ins and outs of it. And it's it's kind of an argument for lawyers. Like, to me, this doesn't really resolve anything other than him sort of taking the suicide pill and just saying, fuck you to DC, you know. Uh, he also mentions that he's not giving up his legal fight over royalties he believes he is owed. And he has a real bug in his, you know, bugbear is his wolf telltale game i think he got screwed on that and he's still fighting over that so whatever it's a it's an interesting story uh i will say that um 
And, and apparently, he, what he was saying was, well, Dan DiDio and someone else, I forget who, when they came to him and said, we want to do, like, 20th anniversary, uh, Fables thing, blah, 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 they wanted to sign a new contract. And that contract, it was sort of saying everything he had done was work for hire. And he was like, no, 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 my original contract literally says I am the creator and owner. And they were like, oh, sorry, we weren't aware of that. It was that kind of negotiating where they're presenting him with a new contract where his ownership would be stripped away. And and then there was a lot of like, he was saying, they kept saying, uh, oh, that must have slipped through the cracks whenever he would challenge them on a point. And he actually, he actually seems to be quite a litigious guy. He was like, I banned them. Yeah. From, I, oh, yeah, more, more people should be because yeah. let's be honest, every... I don't care what company it is, all company is going to try and own everything. So Sure, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And um, he actually said, I banned them from, from this that saying, this slipped through the cracks, because they kept on using that excuse <laughs> uh, through their negotiating. So, I mean, I love to see someone do something like this, and, and I wish him all the best. And obviously the guy must have a fair amount of um, security to even do this. I think he says he's like, if not 70, very close to it. And he's like, I simply just don't have the money or time to devote to fighting through the courts. Whereas I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, but this this move does seem to almost make it a problem for others, you know? Uh, because, God forbid, you know, if you're one of the people... Because he, he name-drops people in her. He goes, I want to see an ex, you know, Mark Buckingham person do fables and someone else do fables like god knows who these people are but like i can't imagine if those people weren't put out a fables comic at like d at dark horse or idw or something the dc lawyers aren't going to be onto them in a fucking heartbeat you know yeah um so it's interesting though we'll definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on that storyline because i can't imagine he went so public with it which is unusual um, that I don't think DC can just do their classic ignore, ignore, there's no problem here. Again, uh, as we said, why would you do that? Again, he's a litigious person. Maybe that was the only... Mm. Maybe that was the only avenue left to him, which is why it's so extreme. Well, <laughs> like, in his Substack, he, he makes the point that, like, this negotiations have been going on for ages. Like, it's like this isn't mm. an argument that happened yesterday. Apparently, it's been quite a quite a problem. Um, so anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I guess, I, I guess part of the problem too is, I think, that at times DC have been quite creative friendly with those Vertigo deals, but regimes change, you know, so some of the sweetheart deals that, say, a Neil Gaiman got, and even this guy got, uh, now corporate doesn't give those deals and wants to renege on the deals that were given in good faith. 20, 30 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Because, so, like, do you know what I mean? The actual the actual climate at the companies themselves has changed. How they view those kind of deals now. Um, you know, because it's, you know, you, you, you remember Neil Gaiman. He had a really good deal on Sandman and stuff. They wouldn't give the same deal now, you know? Mm. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's no, interesting. No, no. You, you're definitely not getting... Although, again... <laughs> I feel... like Here's the thing. Like, we go back to this thing like with the strikes and all that. Like, I'm torn. Mm. Like, if you tell me someone like, you know, Buckingham and Beth Guy and all that, they are getting screwed over, I get very upset. You tell me that the new talent today is getting screwed over, and I just don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but to me, that's not the point. I don't feel like they're worth the extra money. Yeah, but to me, that's not the point. 
to be I honest. Know, yeah. I'm, but, I'm, but I'm just saying it's hard for me to not be like, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking care. Like you're not, you're not talented enough. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I know. To, you, to, to, to warrant that extra money, so I don't care that you're not getting that extra money. But <laughs> the talented people who have elevated comic books and elevated the art form, like them getting screwed over is something that is genuinely upsetting. Sure. And is disgusting, but I just I can't bring myself to care. No, I know, like, what, I know what you mean, but you know, I, I, I do take I care, it. Like, uh, that, what's her name, Vidayala? Do I care that she's getting screwed? I've got to be honest with you, part of me doesn't. No, I know, but 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 I obviously look at it from a big picture standpoint, where I'm not too worried about the intrinsic nature of if someone's work is good or not, because they're lumped into a whole guild that's packed with talented people, and then it's packed with mediocre people. That's the nature of the business. Like you know, but anyway, um, now. I feel there was more talented people than mediocre back in the day. Oh, in comics, yeah, I, yeah. I think comics is weird though. And I was, and I'll bring this up in um, in our discussion of this week's book. I mean, I read so much Bronze Age Superman, and Kurt Swan is my favourite Superman artist. I love him, but Jesus Christ, the guy on the the Rebirth book we did this week could draw. You know, oh, like oh, yes. the artistic team on that Superman book. I really, Rich, was impressed. And I noticed it wasn't just one guy. I saw Doug Mankey, who I always like, and some other mm-hmm. guys filling in. I mean, that was a slick book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's weird, isn't I it? Be wrong. I, need to object. I think even uh, Ethan Van Skyver did a couple of sure. pages thrown in there. Oh, no, 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 fantastic God. Like, this is the thing. This is what makes me so sad is I love this and I really enjoyed for the most part, Rebirth, and sure. I thought Rebirth was, I honestly thought, yes, DC, you know what I mean? They've they've realized the folly, sure. you know, of their ways, and, and they're coming back, maybe, you know, we're getting, we're getting classic Superman back, all that sort of shit, and then they've just totally fucked it up. Yeah, then, so. well, that's true. Um, now, we, I think we mentioned it just before the show, we watched this Avatar game trial, and I want to shout out to Mitch, Mitch Hall, uh, flick this one across to me, Dude, I fucking loved this Avatar. And I love the movie. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I love both movies. And this game, it looked like a movie. It Dude, it felt like Assassin's Creed um, but or Far Cry. Uh, I was loving it. Rich, you seem to be sort of like a bit more on uh, the fence. Uh, one, yes, it looks it's so much like Far Cry that I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> Two, that trailer looked very deceptive. Wow. Very smoke and mirror, um, yeah. false promises, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, sure. it didn't really do anything for me at the end of the day. Wowee. So, Rich, a little more dubious, would you say? Oh, I'm always dubious. I don't I don't go off any trailers, mate. You shouldn't either. What do I do, man? I just don't. Trailers are nothing but lies, my friend. I don't know of a single game that's trailer wasn't a lie. <laughs> really? I guess. Of what the actual end result is going to be, like it's not like the trailer. Like yeah. the way they make the trailer look, it's like fucking way more action. And I'm sorry, Ubisoft <laughs> showing a trailer where it looks like there's no HUD or anything. Come on! As soon as you boot that game up, Ubisoft will have like 52 HUDs and UIs all over the fucking screen, taking up like space <laughs> and uh, real, uh, real thing, man. Like seriously, <laughs> Richard, you're such a cynic. Can I, can I no, I'm not a cynic. I'm not a cynic because Ubisoft is a shit company, so I'm not a cynic. That's just a fact. 
Well, there'll be hubs, man, of course, because you've got to know where you're going and stuff. Like, no, mate, you, you don't need that much shit on a, on, on a screen. You really don't. <laughs> well, I like it, man. I like to know where I am and stuff. Like, oh, actually, you know what? I will give you, uh, Bethesda kudos here for Starfield. They've really minimized the, um, the UI clutter okay. on the screen. They've really, really minimized it where there's like just one little thing in the bottom left corner, one little thing in the bottom right, and like that's pretty much it. So that gives it that gets a pass from you, Rich. That's that's good. It's not a pass. That is what it should be. That's it. Elden Ring is exactly the same. Elden Ring almost has nothing on unless you bring up yeah. the UI. Otherwise, yeah. you're like, I'm sorry, but there doesn't need to be fifty things on the screen. You're yeah. breaking the immersion. I don't feel like I'm in a world. I feel like I'm in a game. If you fill the screen with like just fucking text box here and sure. buttons here and map icon here and this icon there like it takes you out i don't feel like i feel like i'm playing a game then i don't feel like i'm uh, getting lost in a world what about witcher that's got a little bit of stuff going on again a little bit is fine but yeah. ubisoft has a ton going on in their games man they do man but, but also i was thinking this the other day um i <laughs> like i kind of like being told where to go and stuff you know like like yeah, that's if that's your thing, that's your thing, bro. But yeah, but like what I'm trying to say is like time is precious, and, and sometimes I kind of dig. Like it's like okay, I got to get here, you know, and they show you exactly where it is. Whereas like if I have to find it myself, it's going to take a hell of a lot more time. You know, a long time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's going to take a lot of searching, man. Sometimes. Whereas if I hit the button and it says, you know, the classic, you, you know, um, like in Witcher or. Uh, you can you, you drop down that thing and it's like okay the the thing's there it's it's eight hundred meters away and you can run there kind of thing. Um, I enjoy that, you know. I find that relaxing almost. And but I sometimes think to myself, if you were in real life, you wouldn't have that so exactly, you know. So right. if someone said to me, "Oh, Dave, you've got to go and wipe out a a, a clan of Anglo-Saxons." blah 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 over here I wouldn't be like laser focused to one specific point on the map just naturally it would take time you know whereas mm-hmm. in these games it's like you are literally like you fucking like running there you know direct kind of like sprinting there you can fast travel I do find it funny sometimes in games because I because I'm I must admit Rich this probably doesn't surprise you when I kill people, I always strip all their weapons and I always sell it at the merchant. And I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm like OCD about it. And so in Witcher, I'm forever fast traveling back to one guy who is the best merchant that I get the best deal on. And so like mm-hmm. I can be in the middle of a massive quest, like a long fucking way from this guy. But if I had the fast travel point, I can, you know, I, I go in and I'm so full that my guy can't even run. You know, I've got so much material that I'm carrying then I get to this guy sell it all, get my coppers up and then I flick back to this massive quest that I'm on, this huge battle that I'm about to fight and it's like you've traversed like half the globe in like a span of you know a minute or two and Mm -hmm. like there's a part of me that's sort of like that's kind of like game breaking but then there's also part of me that's like totally addicted to doing it would always do it because I always want to make that money. Like, what do you say to that guy, man, who's me, who's on the fence, just gazing into the wilderness? Talk your life out, mate. 
I just thought you'd find that. I, I don't know, but here's the thing, though. I, I don't know what to tell people what to play, but I kind of also feel like if you don't have time for games, yeah, then find a different game. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, don't play a game that takes 92 hours, you know, to like 80% the game. Yeah. You know, sure. and then go, well, I just don't have time. Like, well, then there's literally other games. There are shorter, other. Yeah, games that are made for that. I kind of feel like people do say, "No, a game must be made this way because I don't have time." I'm like, I don't know. Not every game can be made for you. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If you, if you don't have that time, but again, it's a bit different for you. I kind of feel like you take years to finish a game and you're happy with it. So <laughs> I don't know why you. I don't know why you need that because you're not looking to finish the game in five minutes. You take five years to finish a game. So what does all that clutter and telling you where to go? really do you still take maximum time to finish the I game i don't know i don't know i i, I i'm very uh, yeah i i've got a lot of issues i think attention wise in games you know i always have as well i remember back in commodore 64 okay we used to play it like in high school like a lot and i had a game legend of black silver Great fantasy game. Like, really, you know what those games were like, Richard. We're not talking about great graphics here, but we're talking about gameplay and, and all that. It was great. And it was huge. And it had side games in it, like side, like card games. And, and I remember one of my friends was like, you always love all the side games. And I was like, yeah, they're fun. And here I am in which and I'm exactly the same. <laughs> like, if, exactly. Yeah, if you said to me in Witcher, like, Michelle will come in and she goes, you're still playing Gwen? I'm like, yeah, I am. I am, because I'm fucking good at it. Like, I want to build my full deck. Like, one of the most enjoyable moments in gaming, it's probably since GTA 4, was when I completed my full Gwent deck, and I got that achievement pop. I've I, Like, that was probably my favourite moment in gaming since GTA 4. And I was just like, fuck yeah. I was like, yeah, that's fucking right. And, like, you know, there, there's a psychological addiction somewhere. You know, and... and like, a full-on psychologist could look at how I play a game and I'm sure they could say, you, you are an ADD gamer. You, have, you are so easily distracted, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you almost have an inability to follow a main storyline. It's almost like a fucking curse. And now in Assassin's Creed, I'm actually right at the... It's not Assassin's Creed, which I'm right at the fucking end. And I'm like, well, this is actually a good story. You know, like... Shit happens towards the end of the game, and I'm like, there are moments in it where I'm like, well, that's genuinely a good story, and you know, I, I, it's just, I, it's been such a slow release for me because I spent so much time in the early and mid game doing just about every fucking side mission that was possibly there. Um, yeah, because a few weeks ago I was saying I don't think much of the Witcher story. I, I've actually come back now and gone, actually, the Witcher story is good. There's a moment in the storyline where I was like genuinely, well, I wouldn't say emotionally affected, but I was like, fuck, that's pretty hardcore. You know, um, it's a good story, is all I can say. I, 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 I take back my comments. You remember I was saying to you, I don't care about the story. I don't know who anyone is. I, I know who <laughs> yeah. people are now, man. I, now well, I'm done, buddy. Yeah. Good of you to get invested. I, I, well, I got to the end, and everyone met up and was talking, and I was like, well, I know who people are now. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, so, yeah, Dave's Dave's all growing up. He knows who people are in Witcher. And, um, yeah, and, like, there's, there's a whole battle, and, yeah, I got invested. That's, that's the word, Rich. I got invested, man. I got, in, I got invested. Dave got invested in the storyline. I still have a side mission, but, um, yeah. 
Now we have. Oh, look, so, so do I. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Starfield, like, you send me to Mars mm. for a quest, and I notice all these other activities. Mm. I fucking before I know it, five hours have gone by, and I'm still running around on Mars. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and one thing, I, oh, another thing about Starfield, which I find I quite like, you don't know who's going to give you a quest. Yeah. You kind of just need to look, if someone looks interesting or if they look like they're talking. Like, I was like, hmm, that lady is like, she looks like, you know, she's leaning against the wall, foot up, me looking a bit. And I was like, hmm, wonder if she, I wonder if I can talk to her. I talked to her, she's a bounty hunter, asked me if I can help her with it. You know what I mean? I like that there's not like something above someone's head. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. something saying, hey, I'm a quest giver. Yeah. Because it makes it feel a bit more natural where, yeah, you could miss quests. Mm. But then when you find something, you kind of go, oh, I found that. Like, you know what I mean? I found that quest. It wasn't like yeah. staring me in the face or whatever. I kind of used my brain and whatever. There wasn't so, literally like the, 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 the yellow exclamation point like there is in Witcher where they're like, yeah, this is a quest. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I don't mind that in like an MMO, right? Mm. Like your the job of an MMO is to, is to fucking grind level so you can do the end game content. I get it. But I, yeah, I feel like a game where you're like, you, you feel like you want to be living in the world and you know what I mean? And, mm. uh, and getting lost. You don't, yeah, the yellow, again, the yellow stuff, things that make it look like a game take you out of it. Good point, Rich. Um, what did you think of this quote? This is from the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zalslav. Uh, For us, the challenge is that our content, our great IP, Harry Potter, DC, Lord of the Rings, that content has been underused. That was his comment. Um, is it? I don't know. I wouldn't say DC's been underused. I'd say it's been under-fucking-performed or, like, you know, it's not been used well. Harry Potter? Uh, I mean, yeah. You could certainly do more there. Lord of the Rings? I mean, they're trying. <laughs> I mean, they've got their Rings of Power show. You, I mean, you could do more Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I think you could do more. What would you say to if someone said, like you, like I mean, my God, you could actually, but don't forget they only own the rights to the three books. They don't own everything Tolkien wrote. You know. Thank God for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't. Own, I don't believe they own the Cimmerillion. I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think they do. They do. They do own the three books and the Hobbit, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Harry Potter, you could. I mean, I, I saw someone online saying they could. We're not, we're not using like I kind of feel like. Well, you have, but what, what more do you think you can do? Is the question like, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, and also the problem is, is like, right now everyone wants to cancel Harry Potter. So, uh, and I mean they're doing a TV show, but I mean I don't know how much more you can actually fucking do with. with I think what they need to do is get better properties. Sure. Get, get new IPs and different IPs and all that because yeah, the problem is, is certain properties they just there's not much more you can do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's also kind of the problem with the, a chosen one story. Mm. Like you know, um, you could do Harry Potter, but then it wouldn't be Harry Potter. Mm. It would be like Hogwarts. Sure. You know, like Hogwarts Legacy. So you can't, there's nothing much more you can do with Harry Potter, unless you want to do the the, the after school years or something where he's, I don't know what he's doing, but you know what I mean? But then what's the danger? What's the, like, I don't know. Like there's, yeah. there's only so much you can do. I think what they need to do, and, and this is what I think a lot of companies are, are, have forgotten. You need to start looking for the next great IP. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
So, no, stop bitching and moaning that you haven't milked your current IPs <laughs> yeah. enough. The problem is you have <laughs> to the yeah. point where yeah. it's all stale now. True. Or just absolute crap like what Amazon's done with Lord of the Rings and all that. Like, mm. find new IP. Like, that was what your job used to be. Like, your job was to create yeah, and manage well, new as IP. As opposed to, as you say, just absolutely fucking just milking every fucking possible drop you possibly yeah. can. Like... You know. And you know what? Again, some things lead themselves to, uh, like, uh, Stargate, right? Mm. Stargate uh, SG-1 was a fantastic thing of, like, hey, this is an interesting idea. Mm. The gates and different planets and all that. We could explore that. We could make a show out of that. Yes, you can. Mm. But not everything can you do that. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. everything can have a, a spin-out uh, show or movie from it. Sometimes it can only exist in that I do think oh. Lord of the Rings, depending on what they actually own, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I do think you could do more. You know, um, Harry Potter. Well, I mean, the game proved that you could. You know, that game was pretty fucking awesome. Um, why couldn't yeah, you? Do... I mean, you can't do any more with Harry Potter. No, like, but I think, but I think you, you could. You can do something with Hogwarts, but I mean, well, I, yeah, I think, all the Harry Potter. They're making a yeah, but now they're making a Harry Potter TV show. I'm like. Do you really need to make a Harry Potter TV show? Like the movies still stand up today. Like, sure. I don't feel like you need a TV show. Like a TV. Okay, okay so SG One is a perfect example. That didn't retell anything from the movies. That mm. took the movies mm. and expanded upon it and actually added yeah. history, law, uh, and all that sort of stuff. If you just do a Harry Potter TV show, you're just telling the movie story over again in a slightly longer format. Yeah, that's not new. That's not creative. No. no. Yes, if you were going to do a Hogwarts show like you would, like you did in the game, yeah, about kids at school and adventure, yeah, okay, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you can do something like that because now you are adding to the lore and the history and the mythology. But doing a TV show on Harry Potter is not adding anything. You're just retelling the same story again. Good point. Good point. Although I, I guess Hollywood's always done remakes, so I mean, you know, maybe they think maybe yeah, but now, now, yeah. now we're doing remakes like within like now they're really talking about a live action Moana. Like that fucking movie just came out yesterday, man. Mm. Like, yeah. are we really that bankrupt that we already? You know, that's why I got annoyed with Marvel. Mm. You know, um, with the MCU because I was like, how can we be at this new shit already? Mm. Like, how can we be at Captain Falcon? And and you know what I mean, and Captain Marvel all the way. I'm like, we haven't even told like anywhere close to the good shit. Yeah, true. Like of the seventy five years or whatever, and we're already here. Yeah, like no, we've no. just. I feel like we've skipped things. We have skipped a lot of things, man. We've skipped a fucking lot of things. That's what I'm saying, and that's and that's what I feel like. You know, I I just. Yeah, we've we've you know let, yeah. let's let's build. Not, we've not, skipped not a lot of classes, to to man, to get to the shit we're at now with Marvel. You know. Yeah. Like, hands up, who wants to see an Echo show? Or, oh, gee, nobody. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Fucking silence in the auditorium there, the Echo. Yeah. Um, as people shuffle through the nose trying to remember who that even is. <laughs> Very true. Uh, scenes and pictures of a ripped and berserk-looking Daniel Radcliffe from the set of Miracle Workers has once again sparked the Wolverine fan casting. I can't think of anyone I'd rather I less be. I put this in here just for you, buddy. Uh, have you seen the picture? No, but I don't care. Like, like, Dude, I'm not joking. Like, he actually is... Like, <laughs> I can see why people are... Why uh, the fuck do people want Daniel Radcliffe to be Wolverine? Like, Because he's short and ugly like Wolverine. 
I just, I, I honestly, I'm looking at it. And in this picture, he is fucking super I'm fucking. Not, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking Hugh Jackman. Dude, I'm looking um, at it, and no, he's nothing like as bulky as Hugh Jackman. I'm looking at it. He's lean. He doesn't have the frame to be that bulky, but he is fucking ripped, man. Like, I'm sorry. Well, like, there's so barely what? any fat on that boy's body. So what? That's a lot of fucking actors, man. Like, he's a... Not as short, not as short and ugly as him. He kind of fits the, he he kind of fits the mold, bro. He doesn't need to be short, man. Hugh Jackman isn't short. Yeah, you know? we, we, we've had a tall Wolverine, which is not accurate, so let's have a more accurate Wolverine. Let's have a short, ugly Wolverine. Let's I be comic book I accurate for once. I do not want Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. I, I actually... Uh, I fucking hope we get it now. Have a guess who I want as Wolverine. Have a guess. Have a guess. Uh, oh. I'm sure it'll be someone lame and stupid. No, I'll give you one fucking guess. Actually think what I want in the next Wolverine movie, Wolverine. Have a guess. It's actually very easy, Richard. I'm sure you could probably say something stupid like Hugh Jackman. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get it, man? I thought you were going to guess somewhere else. I thought because I was going to leave. You're not very imaginative, though. <laughs> just, I've got no interest. Look, no, there could be an actor out there who could fit the mould, but Jesus Christ, they're going to have to jump fucking far and high. You know what I mean? The, 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 the shadow that Hugh Jackman has cast on this role is immense, you know, and um, it's going to be like, you know, you know, if you've ever heard of the, I think it's a play, The King and I, Yel Brunner played it for like 40 or 50 years or something. It'd be like the next guy coming on stage and it's like, wow, talk about a legacy in front of you. Talk about big shoes to fill. You know what I mean? That's what it's going to be like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you and I are not on the same boat with that. Like, as, as much yeah. as I like you, Jackman, he hasn't been in that many good Wolverine movies, so I'm well, sorry. Richard, we're obviously... The only good one he's been in was Logan. That's literally it. <laughs> what about Wolverine Origins? What about The Wolverine? Terrible. What about Terrible. X-Men Days of Future Past? Horrendous. X-Men Days of Future Past was not horrendous. No, those X-Men movies are pretty bad, man. Dude, I love them all. I mean, I even enjoyed his appearance in X-Men Apocalypse. You know, um, not a strong movie, but I enjoyed his scene. Um, X-Men 1, 2, 3, you know. I mean, I could go through the whole list, as far as I'm concerned. Have I missed any? X-Men First Class? I think probably, yeah, I'll, I'll give you X-Men 1 and 2 is probably the best, <laughs> but everything else, that like, I, I feel like 2 out of 7 is not exactly a fantastic ratio. Whatever. I mean, the point is, I don't want Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. And I don't fucking understand why anyone else does it. I don't want it now, man. I don't care, but the fact that it, like, it would make you so angry, I kind of want it. <laughs> like, it, it, it's like f- no, I know for a fact, Dave, you will still go watch it. <laughs> the fucking internet. It's the fucking... It's, but it's the peons of the internet who want this. You know what I mean? Like, it's the peons. The, 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 what I consider, like, the little porn workers. You know what I mean? They shouldn't even be allowed a fucking opinion. You know what I mean? Like, just seriously, fuck off. Daniel Radcliffe is not being Wolverine. I am voting against it. You know, obviously, if he is Wolverine in an X-Men movie, grudgingly, I will watch it. <laughs> but, but, I, but I'll not be happy at all. I'll be complaining the whole way. And I don't think it's going to happen either, man. Like, it's not like he's done anything of any consequence since Harry Potter. It's all been indie movies that no one fucking knows, other than a few hardcore, you know, um, Daniel Radcliffe fans. And and I don't mean any offence to Daniel Radcliffe. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he, he acts 
Well, yeah, uh, the movie that he was in uh, wasn't actually uh, that bad. Have you seen that? Uh, what is it? Uh, guns Akimbo? No, I haven't. Where he gets these guns uh, bolted onto his hands and he's forced <laughs> to play in like this fucked up um, um, betting game kind of thing and all that. Like, mm, I haven't seen it, but. It's not, it's not bad. And I know he's doing this, this show, the streaming show called Miracle Workers. Mm. I did actually watch the first season of it, and I actually did enjoy it, because basically it's um, they work for God. Mm. Um, and I think God was played by... How's um, his voice? Tell me how his voice is. How's his voice these days? Is it is it gravelly? He's fine. Yeah. I, I... Uh, uh, no, he doesn't sound like a kid or anything like that. Yeah. I, I just need... Hugh Jackman had that gruff voice, you know? Like... That he that he played the character. And Hugh you know, Jackman also likes to likes to break out into song and dance yeah, and, and, and do theatre. What's your fucking? Point, he's a multi-talented. Like, fucking, you understand that it's called acting. He's right? a multi-talented triple threat, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you understand that it's it's called acting. Yeah, but like, could Daniel Radcliffe even but do like in real life? He's like the sweetest. <laughs> Teddiest bears guy or whatever, <laughs> and then acting, he's all. You understand that he's not really that guy when I, he's acting. I, I like understand that. Act. I understand that. But 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 he is in my mind one of the consummate actors. You know, like theatre trained, song and dance man, Wolverine. Like um, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe has done theatre too. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't understand why you're so know, fucking. Like... Is falling apart, bro. You're falling one apart. thing I don't understand here is why the fuck you're so hot about Daniel fucking Radcliffe. Because I know that it's gonna. <laughs> I just want to see your face. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. I just want to see your face when it, when it gets announced. I want to be there. I want to see you face live. Like I will make sure that you have some sort of like internet blackout if the news, and I will bring you the news. <laughs> And because I want to see your face. I can tell you what, in the whole history of knowing you, I've never heard you once fucking praise Daniel Radcliffe, and now you're like his biggest fan, just hoping. Not him. I just, I, <laughs> oh, I just want it to happen. I so don't. I'm fucking against it. Like, I know that Signal holds some sway in the cast and decisions. You also have to understand, I'm not invested in this Marvel shit at all, so I couldn't give a fuck if Daniel Radcliffe. Also, I'm just poking holes in your, in your, in your, Logic, because you're trying to explain away why he can't be Wolverine. I'm just here to play devil's advocate Dude, with, your, with your logic. He's nowhere near Hugh Jackman in terms of acting. Like, let's face it, he's not. Like, the, the, the... I, okay, okay, so hang on, Dave, Dave. Yeah. Can I just point again? <laughs> I'm going to point this out. Devil's advocate, yeah? You've not actually watched any of his shit to actually make that comment. I've seen Harry Potter. Yeah, but that's it. You, you've not seen... I just asked you if you've seen Guns Akimbo, if you've no. seen Miracle Workers. No. no. Uh, he was no. in Now You See Me Too. No. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, I have said that. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. this really fucking annoying bad guy. What was that new movie that just came out recently with um, Tatum and... Um, Channing Tatum. And uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, I may have seen that. Where, where she plays a writer and, and he plays her... Um, yeah, no, I have seen that. Whatever. I have seen that movie, yeah. uh, He was in that. Like, again, I, I feel like it. you need to see... I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. Work to, to make that comment. I, but like, I've, I've seen that movie and I've seen Now You See Me Too. There you go. Yeah, but I'm saying he's playing a, a, a shitty sort of bad guy there. But I'm just saying you haven't... I don't think you can comment saying how good someone of an actor is when you've only well, seen them in the Harry Potter movie. No, right? I've seen him in Harry Potter. I've seen Now Now You See Me Too, and I've seen that uh, Sandra Bullock movie, which I enjoyed. I, I I can't even remember him. 
That's that's how much okay, of an impression okay. he made. Do me a favor. I'm not saying that you'll like it. I just would like to get your opinion because this is a movie where he's actually the main guy. Mm. Is that guns akimbo? Okay. All right. All right. Just watch. I just want you to see the guns akimbo and just then then make that. Then I will give your comment more right. weight if you feel like okay. he's a terrible. But I actor. I have seen him in Now You See Me Too and that Sandra Bullock. Again, thing. he's the bad guy that's barely in it. I'm. I want you to see a movie where he's the actual. All right. Main character. Although I, I'm gonna, I'm fine, I'll do it. But you know what? I saw that picture of him in in his fucking underwear, and I'm like, n- not thinking Wolverine. I'm thinking too oh. too lean, too skinny, too lame. Just no, no way. And I don't think it's gonna happen either. I think this is just pure internet fan casting. I it's, know, but I want it to happen so bad. Yeah, I know you do, and that annoys me even more. And, <laughs> like, I don't... I, I'll be honest, dude. I'm going to... is, like, literally one of my least favourite fucking X-Men. Like, I couldn't care. Well, he's one of my favourite. He, actually, he is my favourite. Well, this is bullshit one of. He is my favourite, easily. But, dude, I'll drop this bombshell for you. If I live another 30 years, say, okay, or 35 years... And Wolverine is still Hugh Jackman, and I die, and he's still Wolverine. I'll be perfectly fucking happy, you know. I don't know how the aging thing would work. Maybe Hugh Jackman's got the fountain of youth. I hope so, but I'd be happy, and you know that wouldn't worry me. Oh Jesus! You sound like those old people I deal with on a daily basis who just can't <laughs> accept that technology's moved on past them. <laughs> I don't want this. Connor, I just wanted to go back to 1962. Just give me the 1962 telephone, please. <laughs> the, 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 That's what you sound like. The, I don't want things ro- changed. Just the, stay the same. The rotary. The rotary phone. <laughs> there, there, there is, like, I'll be honest, and Michelle will say this to you as well. There are elements of, elements of me that is a little bit old man. You know, there is there is a touch of that in me. But I do try to adapt. Um I, no, you do. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, and, but I do want I do want to see your face if he if he gets the And I am prepared for another actor. I know another actor's gonna to have to eventually step into the role. I know it's gonna happen. So it's not like I won't it's not like I won't support it or anything. Like I will. Um I know, but I just want to see your face. Yeah, I just don't want it to be Daniel Radcliffe. That's it. You know, it's hard enough for me to even accept it won't be Hugh Jackman. Like so you know I just wanna see your face. <sighs> God, let's hope it doesn't happen. Jesus. Fuck. I'm doing everything I can to squash this fucking, to- you know, what's the word? Viral fucking movement. I just don't want to oh, I think traction. the word you're looking for is travesty. Travesty of justice. Oh, by the way, Rich, I've hit Smallville season six. I'm three episodes in. Ooh. Um, and also a bit of uh, advertisement. I did an episode of Last Sons of Krypton last night with Connor. Uh and we covered, um, it's coming out next week, we covered the miraculous return of Jonathan Kent, Rich. Terry Bates writing um, Kurt Swan art from 1980. And Jonathan Kent, who had died back when, um, you know, Superman was Superboy, um, he comes to the present in like sort of like a time travel thing. It's a really entertaining two-parter. We, we did it last night. It was actually fun. Um so, yeah, but Smallville Season 6, man, really enjoying it. Love it. Now, what's this about a Buffy audio sequel, Rich? Oh, dude, I put this in because I was actually super fucking pissed off. Oh, so what happened? I hate, again, I hate it when these, these, uh, these fucking sites do it, right? So I saw a headline that said, mm. Buffy sequel. Okay. 
and then it said eight cast return you know uh, eight original members return i was like oh shit i, I didn't know they were doing a sequel I was doing a sequel tv show or is it going to be a sequel movie sure. you know what i mean yeah and then you start reading it and then they go you know da, da, da. Uh, uh, amazon has announced an audio see i was like ah you didn't fucking put that in the in the headline did you what is you it made like a podcast an or audio so that it's, it's an audio book it's an audio play i see right okay right so and i was like you fucking pricks if you put it in the title <laughs> i would have moved on not given a shit sure because i'm like you know whatever it's an audio play i might enjoy it but i mean as someone who grew up watching buffy Mm. and angel mm. you know you announce yeah. a buffy sequel yeah, yeah, in yeah. your headline and i was like oh oh okay we're doing oh, oh, buffy okay we're gonna go to a you know uh, a continuation maybe it'll be like a sequel i'm gonna set up a daughter or or a new slayer or something like that you know sure. what I mean? where yeah. maybe she posted uh, so i was getting a bit like excited and then i started reading the article and then i got pissed off <laughs> yeah. yeah i noticed that everyone's coming back except for sarah michelle geller <laughs> oh she's not coming back well, she she hasn't been announced as one of the the cast, so right is what's his name involved? Just yeah, ja- uh, no, not Josh Reader, but uh, what's his name? James Masters is that the guy that plays Spike or whatever? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who was also kind of like uh, sort of like a brainiac in Smallville, isn't he? Like, yeah, he is a he is a uh, I believe he's a brainiac. Milton yeah. Fine, yeah, he's pretty good in that. Um, yeah, right. But I don't know, but I was going to say, so Josh Whedon's not involved writing and stuff, not trying to crawl back into the spotlight? Apparently not. Wow. There you go. Doesn't that show you that his uh, exile is quite complete if he's not even involved in the Buffy? Also, I don't think he owns Buffy now anymore. Right, either, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. True, true, true. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I guess they could do it well. I, I bet I know who's going to be there. Um, the guy who plays Xander. He's had some problems. Over the oh, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the Xander Willow. Um, oh, yeah. Is that guy that, that played uh, Niall still alive? Or Giles? Yes. Uh, is is David Barantz involved? Because, I mean, he's pretty busy. I think he just might have wrapped SEAL team. No, I don't know if he's coming back. I think it's more the ones who are not working. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not the guys who... Um, yeah, not the guys who still not the guys who have careers. Although James Masters does okay, but I yeah, get, but I, I don't think he's doing much like uh, like David is. Like he's like, not he's not quite there. No, no, yeah. And I, th- I I think I saw a headline that it might be a Spike centric one. So maybe James Masters is getting a decent payday to even turn up. You know. Mm. So uh, now some news here: um, Lois and Clark. The new Adventure Superman turns 30 this year. Oh, my God, I am old, Richard. Um, that is crazy. That I, I remember when they... I, I was a big... Were you a big Lois and Clark fan? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got, the, I've got the, the DVDs. Oh, do you? Yeah. I was a massive fan, actually. To be honest, I really got into it, like, pretty heavily. Um, when it was... actually, I actually ended up... That's when I started buying the... Um, the triangle titles as well of Superman titles for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, and I think um, Michael Kellishim uh, saying he picked up seasons one and two for three dollars each, um, and he's asking my thoughts. And I'm well, I'm, I mean, I paid money to get Dean Kane to sign a photo with me, so obviously I love it. And Rich, you're obviously a fan, man. You, you own the DVDs. Yeah, oh, I love that show. Do um... you um, own Smallville as well? 
or, or not? Uh, most of it, yes. Uh, I need to actually buy a complete box set because I started collecting it and then stopped. I can't actually remember why I stopped it. I, I keep wondering whether it's worth me getting it because I, I watch it on Hulu. Listen, uh, it's it's always good to, to own it because, again, you never know when your internet's going to be down or True. you're going away True. or True. something like that. If you really like something... Yeah. I think it's it's always a good thing to to own it. Yeah, you're probably right, Rich. You know what I mean? Like when when I think about it, like you know, so many times I, I've 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 I think if it was Blu-ray, I already would have bought it. But it's only ever it's not Blu-ray; it's DVD. And so I yeah, I just but keep I, on. it doesn't matter. Yeah, true. I guess. As someone who watches, you know, who collects things still on DVD and all that, it really, yeah, it it doesn't really matter, man. Like honestly, TVs upscale a bit now as well, and yeah. you get a player that upscales, and it's not going to be 1080p, but it'll still be a bit of a higher resolution. It's it's fine. Yeah, and you know what? It, it gives it also sometimes it gives it that old look, charm feel. Yeah, true. you know what I mean. Um, where it doesn't because uh, I've watched some things weird like. It's so weird when you've watched something back in the day and then you watch it on a Blu-ray or, like, where they fixed it and you kind of go, man, it looks fucking weird now. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Because in your brain, you're still remembering the... Um, yeah, uh, how, it, how it looked the, back the, in the, the day. The grain and all that sort of shit, like... Yeah, yeah, no, true. No, good point, Rich. I mean, yeah, it's... Look, I probably should get it. I'm just... I'll, I'll wait till it's on sale again and I'll, and I'll grab it because I, I love the series, man. As, as you know, I've, I've really fallen head over heels for this series in, in a major way. Um, and, I mean, Connor was saying he really loves the last three seasons. And I'm like, well, I'm up to season six. So if he's if he's giving... Because I thought a lot of people sort of say that it, it loses a bit of steam, Smallville, towards the end. But he was saying... It, it, I wouldn't say that it loses steam, it's just that it, it, um, changes direction, it ratchets it up a bit to, to become more comic booky and less, yeah, um, um, well, what's the word, down to earth, more like, uh, kind of thing, like, uh, I don't, it's weird to explain it, it just, it become a little bit more goofy, sure. Um, and a little less serious. Okay, all right. Well, interesting. It's, um, not, it's a bad thing. Some people might enjoy it, but I mean, the fact that you have Doomsday showing up and it's like a guy who's an EMT and it's like a fucking virus or or or, or yeah. something, you kind of go, okay, that's a bit lame. Like, did you yeah. really have to do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know me, and I have enjoyed how it's become more comic booky, but that's not to say I'll enjoy every decision. You know what I mean? Um, now I had a, this was a, this was like, well, I, I, the, 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 when the JSA rocks up in your brain, you go like, Oh, cool. The JSA. But then kind of, when you see their costumes, you go, Oh God, that's not great. No. And to be honest, right. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now I, um, had a, had a, uh, article that I saw on like CBR, which was, um, an article was, did Superman almost die in the mid-80s? They do that kind of like, is it true or not? And uh, it's basically true. Carrie Bates, uh, who we know had one of the longest-running uh, runs, running Superman in the history of the character, as he wrote over 200 issues of Superman comics. Uh, he and his sometimes writing partner, Elliot S. Magan, uh, represented the new wave of Superman writers in the late 60s, into the 70s, and into the 80s. Uh, they co-wrote Superman 300. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we know all this. Now, before John Byrne took over, um, other writers were allowed to pitch the reboot of the character. Uh, Bates notes this very well could have been just a gesture, and they always intended to hire Byrne, but he couldn't know for sure. Uh, and this was his pitch. In my pitch, Superman quite literally died a heroic death in order to save millions of lives and was out of commission for several issues until he was uh, eventually resurrected by a mystical process that took place in the heart of a yellow sun. Once revived, however, the reborn Superman found he'd become far more mortal. His powers were significantly downsized by the life and death ordeal, which meant his days of juggling planets and of flying at faster than light speed were over. While this deep powering could have been could have been seen as an elaborate retread of the Denny O'Neill Kryptonite No More saga of 1970. To my way of thinking, it was more akin to the third act resurrection of the fallen Michael Rennie Klaatu character in The Day the Earth Stood Still. I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know. Admittedly, the biggest drawback of a soft reboot approach within an existing continuity might have been the fact that it left the rest of the 1995 Superman mythos basically intact. At this juncture, DC may have already decided it was high time... Oh, my screen just evaporated from... Basically, it was saying, like, they could have got it away from the uh, Mort Weisinger stuff, um, and that could have been a reason why they didn't go with that approach. Um, sorry, my... Basically, this massive fucking ad popped up in the middle of me reading this article, Rich, and I honestly... Oh, dude, that... Um, it's one of the reasons why I hate... <laughs> Like I uh, like looking, I, for, I, looking for news. I went into a website and the, yeah, a giant ad popped up, and there was yeah. no X button. I yeah. literally had to hit yeah. the refresh button because there was no way to. And, and, and when I was scrolling, I could see behind it. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Going up and down, and I was like, "This is getting fucking ridiculous, okay. man." So I got it here. At this juncture, DC may have already decided it was high time to deconstruct much of the. Weisinger, Schwartz, Superman continuity that had been building up over the preceding four decades, which would have paved the way for the major revamp John Byrne eventually delivered. So that was his idea, that basically Superman died and was resurrected in the yellow sun and then came back weaker. Do you think that would have worked as well as what John Byrne actually did? No, because that kind of, that that was the problem with the New 52. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They tried to make a more... What, what do you want to call it? Like um, weakened, uh, less powerful. I mean, for God's sakes, they had him running around in his jeans and a t-shirt. Sure, you know, and and shit. And then the remember when they they uh, again put him back into the jeans and the t-shirt with him wearing the suit, and he was he had the red fucking you know um, remnants of his cape wrapped around his fist like he was some sort of boxer, and he couldn't fly anymore. And people were just <laughs> like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Man? When was like, this? That was the New 52. Right, really? um, wow. Just before they, they scrapped it all and they killed that Superman. Right, right, um, right, right. Really? You know. Really? Yeah. Do you remember when he shaved his head, basically, and, and he had the no. red, like, look like the, the wrappings <laughs> of a boxer and shit? And, no. and what, You don't remember that? I don't think I was reading it, man. It sounds I awful. Fucking, I don't blame you. That's I mean, fucking you... terrible. Mm. Was this, so this was Superman? Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, I didn't read it. I'm glad I didn't. No, I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, no offense to him, fantastic creator, yeah. writer, and all that, but I'm glad they went with the John Byrne route, like, and not that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, I also think, um, I, I, I look, I, I would have been super interested in Carrie Bates's story, but I also feel 
although there are pluses and minuses to what John Byrne did, I think in the end, in the end, when you take the long view, it not just John Byrne, but the other creators that came in behind him, I think DC did the right, did, did the correct yeah. overall move. I'm not saying everything they did was right. I'm not saying not giving no, Kurt Swan. I, I, I think overall it is because I think a reboot was was better because yeah. There's just, let, let's not uh, as much as I enjoyed. There was way too much history. Sure. With the Superman sort of stuff and all that, when you're trying to sort of make it um, uh, less cluttered, yeah, and you want to bring it back to a more basic roots. And you know what? That one also got us my and Park Kent back. So, yeah, yeah, you know. And I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry. I, I, I. I know it's weird. I get a kick out of seeing him go back to his parents because I just again it shows the type of character he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I Where most people yeah. Yeah. can't wait to get away from their parents and then never talk to their parents again or whatever. Sure. He's the guy who's like family is important, you know, sure. and, yeah. and he respects his dad. He wants to get his dad's advice and his mother's advice. You know what I mean? He wants to hmm. um talk to them, you know what I mean? Not hmm. just be like an absence. I don't know. I like that. And so yeah, whether it's good or bad, but overall, I think I think the John Byrne overall just turned out to be a good, the the best decision. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, now, so Katana, we won't spend a lot of time on this. I don't even really remember the episode. We did watch it. I it, it wasn't um, <laughs> you and your ringing endorsements, David. Uh, like it was fine. Like no, it was okay. But anyway, but uh, the reason I wanted to bring up was Jimmy Terzis is a massive Star Wars guy he's like you rich like you know he had the um uh, eric and jimmy strikes back like him and erica super um star wars you know aficionados expert so i wanted to get his view so he said okay i like the show more and more each episode one thing i like a lot without going into too much discussion is the music they nail the music i do not care for the performances and here's the thing man i wish they'd made this story the story for episode seven but make Ahsoka Luke, make Hera Han, make Chopper R2, make that other droid 3PO, make Sabine into Luke's apprentice. Why couldn't you just do that? I really did not like the first three episodes. He he didn't like the first three episodes, and I think he enjoyed the fourth one more. So again, not a ringing endorsement. He's a he's a he's a stone cold Star Wars, you know, um, in the blood, in the blood. But but this is also why I don't watch it because just like him. I would spend all my time going, I wish they had done this, I wish they had done that. Sure. Why couldn't they this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I get more, I would actually get more depressed. Sure. And sometimes, even if it is good, then it just makes me more depressed about the other shit. So, yeah. I'm at that point where it's a lose-lose for me. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've gone to the point now, and that's also why the first episode, the first season of Mandalorian, I enjoyed it, but it also made me angry mm. at the rest of the Star Wars and, and what could have been and all that sort of stuff. So, I just can't, man. Like, as I said, I, look, you know what? I don't care. I'm happy to go and find old shit I haven't watched mm. and I never gave the time of day to and see if, if I was wrong and all that sort of stuff. I don't I don't need or have time for... Yeah, it's fair enough, man. Um, they make a big deal about the space whales um, in this one. Yeah, of course they do. Uh, in fact, I think Ahsoka goes into a space whale in a ship to be transported because they... What well, hope is in a ship? Literally, <laughs> they literally fly... They're like dimensional. That's in Rebels, though. Apparently, man. You know that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. They make an appearance. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, I, look. Who knows? They're making a big, big deal out of that. So that's that shows that shows going on. I, I'm still liking it, but I do, I do hear what you're saying. Uh, now it's updated. Apparently, 
direct quote from um, Donald Glover. Uh, Lando is now a movie, not a Disney Plus series. And he was basically saying, look, it's like a game of telephone at the moment due to the strikes. He and his brother, who's his writing partner, are writing it. Because the, the writer basically got fired, who was writing it. And they're writing it, and it's apparently now going to be a movie, according to him anyway. I don't know. I, look, I actually think that's not actually a terrible idea if you gave him a good movie. If you wrote a good movie, I think it would be interesting. But where would he, it be set, Rich? Lando? Because he's younger. So would it be set... I guess you could do one between the... Um, could you do one between Return of the Jedi and... You know, whatever. You yeah. could write Lando anywhere, mate, if you were skilled. Uh, or, you know what? Oh, I have a brilliant idea. Go back and read the fucking books, you lazy fucking cunts at Disney. Oh, wretched. Cutting loose. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, they keep talking like it's some, like they're doing something new, unheard of. Yeah. Who would have, a oh, fucking Lando. Yeah, dude, I've got Lando books. Yeah. Right. I fucking got the young Lando books. I've got uh, uh, solo Lando fucking titles. I've got a title with him, Han and Chewie called Scoundrel. It's all been done before, man. You're not doing anything new or original. Sure. But I you mean, just, you, you could write... In his defence, though, Rich, you could write a new Lando story. Like, you could. It's not like... There's been that yeah, much done. But the way they carry on, it's like, oh, my God, like, wow, we're so special. We're going we're gonna to delve into Lando. Yeah, we already did that. No, but like what I'm saying is just like we've done it already. But just like I'm saying, if if you're sitting down to put pen to paper for a new Superman story, you write a new Superman story. You could write a new Lando story. Like it's not, you know, as long as you get the character right. Like, he, which they were, they already got him fucking wrong in the solo. So I didn't hate him in solo, to be honest. I, I, it was so bad. Even the actual fucking Lando came out and said, "Man, it's not how I would have done it." That's not the Lando I was. <laughs> so how can you say that they got it right? Like, not even fucking close, man. Like, the, when the yeah. original actor comes yeah. out and says, yeah, it's not, that's not the Lando. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not how I played Lando. Then you failed. You literally failed if the original actor comes out and says, yeah, you didn't get it right. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm sorry. Like, Yeah, Billy D wasn't happy. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was like, that's not the Lando that I was. That's not even close. So. Yeah. yeah. True, Rich. Good point, Richard. Uh, now, Daryl Dixon, Walking Dead. Finally, I, I said to Michelle, I, I was like, I'm so fucking excited for this show because so many episodes of Walking Dead, I spend watching it going, where's Daryl? I go, they better not... I've said... This is what I often say to Michelle during a Walking Dead show. They better not kill Daryl or I'm out. Seriously. Because there's well, a... They've just given him his own show, so I, I yeah. think you're safe, buddy. I'm loving it. And it's a good episode. It's an intriguing first episode. Um... This is, for those of us who stuck with Walking Dead through the dark times when it was just you a candle flickering in the wind, kind of Elton John style, and this is the show we've been waiting for. It's Daryl 24-7. They took away his bow, Rich. Um, oh, oh, no. And his dog. Strip Why back are you even watching it then, bro? Be, oh, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. He's with nuns. There's There's a lot going on in this show. I'm giving this, get ready for this, Rich, I'm giving this show my highest possible recommendation. What, 11 out of 10? It's, yeah, it is. Fuck it, yes. Um, this is my favourite episode of new TV this year. And it's, like, I said to Michelle, and also I'm so glad Carol's not in it, because Carol always gave me the shits. A little bit of Carol goes a long way. So the fact that she's not in it, good. You know? 
if you want to call me sexist, call me it. But it's not sexist. I just don't like Carol. I, I, I've tolerated her for 13 or 14 seasons. I've had enough Carol last me. Um, I'm loving it. It's just Daryl, <laughs> 24 fucking 7. He's in every scene. Um, you know, uh, look, Norman Reedus, he's an old hand at this by now. He could he could play this character in his sleep, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like watching David Jansen, The Fugitive. He is the character, you know? Um, yeah, it's 11 out of 10. It, it's probably going to win an Emmy. Um I think it's the rebirth of the of the Walking Dead franchise, and it's all on Norman Reedus' shoulders. He's just he's put the show on my back. I'm going to carry us to the promised land, you know. And we're in Europe now too, Rich. By the way, and they've got some they've got some different oh the zombies there. They have these ones. I forget what they're called, but like they're, they're burners. That's the word, Rich. And they're like acidic. They they got on Daryl and they marked him early, man. Marked him like. Oh. Yes, yeah, are they making Left 4 Dead or, or Scotty's arm, man? Walking Dead, which one? I don't know, man, but it's good stuff. And um, yeah, all I can say is I'm so happy. And Michelle was like, she was just like, "Oh, you're so happy with yourself over there, aren't you?" Because I was like beaming because my favorite character finally had a show. I didn't have to share the spotlight at all. You know what I mean? Like, it was mm. just great. Oh, and looking really old these days. Well, dude, so would you be after fucking 15 years of the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, ooh. Norman Reedus is really showing his age now. Well, what are you expecting to be? Like, baby Just face saying. like he was in Boondock Saints 1 or yep. something? Like That's what I expect. <laughs> well, uh, at least I'm happy, Richard. You know, can't you be happy for me? You know, because all these years I've wanted this show so badly. And and, and really, actually, the next spin-off, the Rick Grimes and Michonne show, they're my other two favourite characters. So I'm going to have... Um, forget about Walking Dead being over. I'm going to have Daryl Dixon show on one side. I'm going to have fucking uh, Michonne and Rick on the other side. And for the lazy days, I've got the show with Negan and Maggie, which is probably my third down. And then for when things are real dead, throw on Fear the Walking Dead. And you got me covered, Walking Dead. Four shows going. Two of which I really care about. Two I don't care that much about, but I'll watch. Negan and Maggie, okay, I'll watch it. I quite like Negan and Maggie, but it's not great. But Daryl Dixon's show, Exploring Europe, I mean, this this could run 10, 12 seasons as far as I'm concerned, you know? This, 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 could, well, run, this could run and run, Rich. As long as you're happy, buddy. I'm very happy. Um, Deadline has learned yeah. that Sean... I mean, someone's got to be about the show, so I'm glad it's you. <laughs> Well, let's go to the Metacritic. What do you reckon Metacritic? I reckon Metacritic sitting on a 61. Well, at this point, I would assume that only fucking fans are watching it, so it should be... <laughs> no, but, so, it's, but it's the... Um, you know, at this point, if you hate it, you fucking, you're off the bandwagon a long time ago. No, but, so. but the Metacritic is the, is the critical um, you know, thing from the, from the critics, the TV critics. So they're not beholden to, to it. They're not fans. They, let's see what Walking Dead... Daryl Dixon's sitting on a 71. There you go. That's in the oh, green, that too. Good, is it? 71, man. It's sitting in green. Walking Dead, okay. Dead I City. Mean, okay, 71. That's pretty low, though. 71's high, man. Are you kidding? For a Walking uh, Dead show? It's almost, it's almost in the 60s, bro. I don't know. It seems pretty low to me. No, it's, it's high. It's, it's not far from being a, a, a 69 or a 68. It's not that. Dude, it's not 79 or it's 71, 78 is what I'm saying. It's, 71, it's pretty... 71 and in the green, my friend. 
sitting in the green. Mostly. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, if you hey, hey, if you count a pass as a pass, that's all that matters, I guess, you know. <laughs> I guess you weren't, you weren't hoping for stellar marks, just a pass will do. Please get degrees, Rich. Like, oh, he's in the green. <laughs> I mean, he just made it, but he's in the green. <laughs> he is, man, yeah. Daryl Dixon. My boy, my boy got a pee. <laughs> Daryl Dixon doing what it takes, man, and not much more. <laughs> now, Deadline has learned that Sean Levi who is currently in post-production on his Netflix series All the Light You Cannot See, is engaged in discussions with Lucasfilm to work on an upcoming Star Wars project. Uh, the project is likely to begin development quite some time away from now. Um, he's currently set to direct at least two episodes of Stranger Things, uh, the final season of that series, um, for a presumed 2024 release. Meanwhile, Deadpool 3 is scheduled for November 2024. And most likely we'll begin filming after Levi's work on Stranger Things is finished They're talking about the Star Wars. Obviously, there's the strike complicating things. Like, Deadpool 3 is paused with the strike. So, this strike is grinding on. Seems no signs of stopping. Um, yeah, I mean, he also was the creative force behind Night of the New Museum franchise and Real Steel. Uh, he did Free Guy, which I enjoyed Free Guy. Did you like Free Guy, Rich? No, I thought it was terrible. I thought you might have liked it with all the gaming and stuff. Like how it was inside Jesus the game. Christ, that wasn't real gaming, bro. That was that movie was written by someone who's never played a game in their fucking life. Richard, can I just say something? Like I play games and I enjoyed it. So what? What does it say about me? You know, yeah, you don't play games. <laughs> <laughs> it was written. It, I agree with you though that it was like someone's idea of what a game is like. You know, like I'm not joking. Like it's you. You remember those old like hacker movies that used to come out? Mm. And how they made it look like hacking was, and and then like hackers are like that's not. Yes. You know how like they used yes. to be like, oh, I'm following a tunnel and a pathway. You know what I mean? And yeah. oh, I'm going to turn right and and shake the 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 tracker. And it's going to and like no, it's not a fucking car chase. That's not how hacking fucking works. And it's the same with this game where she's like, oh, I need to get into that building so that I can access the data. It's like it doesn't work like that. You just stick a USB in the fucking computer. <laughs> Yeah. In, in the real world, you don't have to go into a game as a game character and shoot your way into a building to access the... You know, it doesn't... That's not how fucking games... That's not how data sure. works, man. Like, sure. Uh, it was so stupid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, look, look, I mean... And again, I can I be honest with you? I'm so fucking over Ryan Reynolds. I really am. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just... I'm really over Ryan Reynolds in every movie being Ryan Reynolds. Like, I'm just done, man. I don't yeah. fucking care anymore. Well... You, but you're burnt out on it, man. You, you, you're, you, you've burnt out on Ryan, Ryan Reynolds some time ago, I think. You know, it's not a new thing for you, you know? Yeah, probably, probably since Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, that could be part of the problem, Rich. Maybe you're carrying a bit of scar tissue there. No, well, one, he was the wrong person for that. But then I also just realised that that's all he can play. Ryan Reynolds can only play Ryan Reynolds. Gotcha. Yeah. So after that, because it got me thinking, because after the movie, I was like, fuck, that's, that wasn't like Hal Jordan at all. Like, yeah. that was just Ryan Reynolds in every... And that's when I started noticing after that, I was like, Ryan Reynolds is just Ryan Reynolds in every movie. Sure. It's the same snarky... Like, he he plays Deadpool. In, the reason he's so perfect for Deadpool is he literally fucking plays Deadpool in every movie. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's wisecracking, he's snarky. Oh, he's, he, he does vary it up a bit. Oh, bullshit, man. He does, man. Like, it's not like okay. he's... Okay, let me ask you this. What's the difference between his character in the um, Hitman's Bodyguard movies 
the movie that he did with Gal Gadot and mm. um, uh, The Rock. Um, yeah, Red what, Notice. And, and Free Guy. And what, what's the difference between all these characters? I can tell you the differences there. In Red Notice, he's playing the more classic Ryan Reynolds character. He's basically playing to type. In Free Guy, he was doing the more, much more innocent, naive version of that character. Much more. Much more. Like, he was doing the kind of dweeby yeah, version. It's, it's, no, it's still the same shit. It's man. similar. It's definitely similar. You're not, you're not wrong wrong, but he, he does variations on it. Whereas Deadpool, he, he, he's maxed out. You know what I mean? That's, he's, he's almost in his kind of, like, final form. But, yeah, he, de- he definitely has a style. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like... It's just, a, after a while, it's just a very fucking annoying style, honestly. I like it, but, you know, is it... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I personally like it, but, like, I could definitely see people could get tired of it. But, I mean, I like it. You know, um, he's one of those guys who's only got probably about two gears. You know? Really. Honestly. Like, it's always... It's it's sort of like I'm cute because I'm funny. I even remember the movie he was in with um, uh, Sandra Bullock. What's the one? Oh, fuck yeah, where she's going to get like deported yeah. or something like that, and they got to marry. And it's like he's still play, even though he's an assistant, he's mm. her like fucking personal assistant. He's still snarky and a wisecracker. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mm. dude, like, is this just you in every movie? Like, that's it. You just the only thing you know how to be is uh, funny and and snarky. And uh, and sarcastic, like that's it. That's you. That's the only that's thing his, you can that's play. His, that's his stock and trade, man. I mean, what do you expect? Like the, you know, like that's that's the that's what yeah, brings yeah, but I'm, just, I'm just over it. Is always what I'm saying. I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking dumb, man. Like seriously, like, <laughs> I've only watched like one Ryan Reynolds movie every three years now. <laughs> I love it. What did you think of Drew Barrymore? She's facing a bit of backlash as she decides to break the strike and she's filming a talk show. Um, she's directly going... Oh, so you know what? This is what I don't understand, and this is why I, I always say things like this guild and the union and all that are basically just... Uh, they're mafiosos, right? They're just corrupt fucking mafiosos. What she does does not require a writer. Well, normally right? it would. Normally it would. No, 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 no. You do not need a writer for you to bring someone onto your show and have a chat with them and, and, and ask them questions. You do not need a writer for that. Mm-hmm. Where does it say that you need a writer to say, hey, come on, have a sit on the couch and let me ask you some questions. How, what was it like working on that movie? Did well, you have fun? B- I agree. What do you need a writer for? Bill Mars, Bill Mars bringing back Real Talk as well. With this, he, he does use writers, but he's saying he's not going to be using the writers. Yeah, and he's but, but you know what? Yeah. It proves to you, like, uh, what I'm trying to say is, why are they using the writers? So I, I'll give you an example, okay? Mm. So all the late night shows, they're like, oh, we've got to go on strike. Uh, you know, we, we're doing, um, you know, uh, we can't do the jokes. I'm like, yeah, but you're, aren't you comedians? Well, I like, mean, Jimmy Fallon gets all this stuff written for him. Like, you know, yeah, but that's my point. But, so, okay, so what, you still can't have someone on the show and you ask them questions and be funny on your own? Like, you need writers for that? And if you do, you can literally just fucking pick up anyone off the street and stick him in their chair and say that they're funny. Like, because everything's written for them. Well, it depends. Like, it, it's actually opened my mind to me of how much of a, a actual farce those late-night comedian talk show fucking hosts are if they cannot work because the writers are on strike. It's like, you're supposed to be a comedian. Well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, you can't make your own jokes. It, it all goes down to let's face it. I, I I think some of them 
are excellent interviewers. Some of them aren't. Um, some of them are quick on their feet. Some like it, it all depends on on who the guy is. Like obviously, there's a team of writers working behind these talk shows. You know, of course, every fucking talk show host ever has a team of writers. But I believe are some of the shows still going because some of the shows are allowed to keep going because they don't use writers that are part of the guild already. I would. I would say most of the people that work on those shows are not writers, they're researchers. I don't know if that's the same thing. Oh, yeah, there's, sure, there's, they have writers that, that help write their monologues yeah. and their shitty jokes for the day. But when they sit down and interview someone, the writers haven't done the job. The, no. a, a researcher has gone and got information for them and said, right, here's a list of all the shit that they've done. I don't oh, know if that's right, the same yeah. thing as a writer. You're, you're correct there. Like The writers are primarily doing uh, the bits. And like yeah, monologue. so the point is, why, why do you need them? Like... Why does she well, need them? She doesn't need them to interview somebody. Does she... I, I mean, I don't know. Drew Barrymore, does she do a monologue at the start of a show? I don't even know. Well, she's not... She's one of those more like those Oprah things where it's like, hey, come on down. Let's, uh, let's fucking sit on the couch and have a chat. She's not doing stand-up right, comedy. Right, right. Well, anyway, the point is, she was... The first... not for anyone. That goes for anyone, not just her. Anyone who's like bread and butter is just like having people on a show and, and chatting to them and interviewing them. I don't... I don't see why they need to go on strike. Mm. Well, she she has writers, man. I'm I'm reading it here. So she's she's bringing what she's doing is she is bringing her show back despite the fact that her writers are on strike. That's why she's getting such heat. So some of the from my from the research that I did, and it wasn't extensive, some of the shows that have been still on the air, they use writers that aren't covered under these guild rules and aren't on strike. So that's how they circumvent getting any backlash because they're, they're already not using guild people, whereas she does. And so she's actively crossing the picket line to do this and her writers are still on strike. So in essence, she's... Well, maybe, she, maybe after this, maybe she realised, oh, wait, I don't need these writers. Why have I been paying these writers... I'm I'm almost just reporting what she's doing. What I do know is that I I did see an article today from Bill Maher, who does Real Talk, who I actually don't mind, Bill Maher, because I like his style, which is very much like, let's shoot the shit. And um, he is doing the same thing, and he had a lengthy uh, post, and and he hasn't gotten the same backlash as her, but he did it like the day after her. And he was basically saying, look, the show's not going to be as good the main reason he claimed he was doing it was he said there's a lot of people in the production who are just basically, literally, really struggling now. And he is like, that's mostly why I'm doing it. He says, we're not using writers, we're not doing monologues, it's going to be me talking to people, how he does. Like, as you're just saying now, Rich, it's going to be like, if he had fucking, let's name a fucking star, if he had Tom Cruise on the couch, you know? he's going to be going back and forth with Tom Cruise. So he's not actually going to be relying on anybody other than himself kind of thing to do it, according to him. So I, I can see the argument there. I, I can see it. I, I think the bad... Like, I get it. I understand it. I, I assume Drew Barrymore has her reasons. I just wonder, though, if history is going to sort of... You're, you're tarnishing your own legacy and stuff, whereas if you just stuck with the strike, thinking of what is actually at stake here would you is it worth the the short-term pain you know to eventually get to a better resolution like rather than incurring the entire wrath of the writers guild 
and um, sag and everything maybe, else. but at the same time, if you want to go on strike, then uh, you need to make sure that you are 100% necessary. Because, again, if Bill Maher and Drew Barrymore realize, hang on a second. Sure. I can do all this. Yeah. I actually don't need to pay people to write. I can write. I, I can do it. I can come up with the jokes. I can, yeah. I can do the research or whatever and still have my guests on and have a chat with them. Actually, why am I paying all these? Why am I paying twenty writers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. To, to do all that sort of stuff. So no, I don't. I don't uh, agree that like, oh, this is going to go negatively because you know it's just a larger thing. I think what it's showing is maybe there's too many writers who do fuck all, mm. and um, mm. you know, yeah. like they they use they, they they throw this thing around saying like, oh, they need to earn a living wage, and then you hear with some of these writers where, where they want to live. They want to live in like the richest suburb, you know, areas in the, in, in, in the, in the high end apartments. Oh. And it's like, you're not entitled to that salary as like a writer on a fucking talk show. Like, you know, I understand that that's what you write in your TV shows. Like everyone lives in, oh, the fucking beautiful uptown fucking apartment, oh. you know, that looks like, that's not your life, bro. Like that's oh. what you write about. That's your fantasy. Oh. But there's no ways you can tell me that you're not earning a living wage. Mm. Although there was... You could turn and say, look, I'm not making enough money or I want to earn more money yeah. because I want to save one. But to turn around and say, I'm not earning a living wage, then I'm like, but then you're not, then you're living out of your means. <laughs> you need to evaluate what your job is, how much you get paid, mm. how much you're worth and spend accordingly. I guarantee you most of these people are spending more money than they make. Like, um, sure. Sure. You know what I mean? I, I'm sorry. Like I, I've looked into it, and so many of them try and live in fancy apartments, and you know, because again, it's Hollywood. I've got to you know live the life, and it's like, sure. yeah, but you're not, <laughs> you're not Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. actors and the directors and all that are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Does it suck? Yes. But that's why you they're know? striking. But that's why they're striking. Yeah, but again, you need to make 100% sure that you are absolutely necessary. Well, I think they are. Like, writers are necessary to Hollywood. I mean... Uh, but not in every facet, is what I'm saying. Like, hmm. again, if you're, if you're working for Bill Maher and you realise, hey, shit, Bill Maher could do his, his job himself. He's a fucking comedian. Yeah. Like, he's a funny guy. He can do those himself. He doesn't need me. Maybe don't rock the boat. Because <laughs> if he realises, hang on a second, I've done this for years. Well, I've been but, a comedian. But, but, but think of it I can this, write my own jokes. But think of it this way, Richard. If you're a member of the Guild... And the guild is going on strike, you know, and has made that decision. Oh, like, no, I get, but also that's why I would never join a guild. So, well, why wouldn't you join the guild? Like the, to 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 well, me, stuff like, like this, where they would force me to do something that I might turn around and say, well, "Hang on, I know what my worth is. I know hmm. what my job is, and what I should be paid, and what I'm owed. And I feel like what I'm getting well, is what I'm owed. If particular... I want a better job, I'll go. I'll go get a better job. I'm working in a fucking hmm. low end job. I'm sorry." I don't agree with not being able to go against or. Uh, well, you or, can, or but uh, but I, I just feel like I mean, th their goal is the correct one. I mean, I I do feel like when we looked at some of the numbers that these writers were getting, some of the TV writers were getting, uh, you know, it's it's very minor compared to what these these shows are raking in. So I can see their point. I mean, look, I would support the guild. I wouldn't be breaking the picket line and. It, at all like because the goal of what they're trying to do the argument of like you're not getting paid enough no they're not that's that's why they're striking like and and they you know 
it does like you're facing these giant corporations you you, you are essentially it, it, look i get it i look i i wouldn't like to be in the position personally like in my own job i would hate it like of course i would hate it and it would suck you depriving yourself of your income in the hopes that you can grind a corporate to a, a better solution and you know how hard that can be so it's difficult but i don't know i i it is what it is. I, I was surprised that Drew Barrymore has made this decision. Um, Bill Maher, less surprised, personally. Um, more of a divisive character at the best of times. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't surprise me he's bucking the trend. You know, that doesn't really surprise me at all. Like, that's kind of on brand for him. Drew Barrymore, less on brand. You know, very much one of those touchy-feely kind of personalities. She's already had a lot of actors saying they're not going to be coming on the show, apparently. There's been a lot of backlash. I'm not sure it was the wise decision, personally. Uh, a lot Let's of it... You know, she may still have a lot of people that will go on the show. We'll have to wait and see. We will, we will. But um, I, we'll also be interesting to see how long this strike lasts, because it's already rolled on for a number of months. Like, while we've been talking, I think it's been a few months, hasn't it? Has it been a few months now already? It, I think time has gone. Uh, it's definitely been a while. Yeah, so it's it, it's rolled on, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I we we obviously there must be negotiations happening behind the scenes because I guess that they're really gonna. I guess their goal is they can really. It takes some time before projects that are in the pipeline that that you know the that they can pump out that are already filmed already done before the cycle catches up with them and suddenly they're they're desperately short of content um so i guess it does take some time so it's gonna be interesting um to see to see what happens now what about this rich the next mass effect will ditch the open world and return the series to the classic format um that's according to an insider teasing the new uh, mass effect game that's fantastic. I'm sure it will still be a shit game, but that's fantastic. Because <laughs> you lost your faith in it was EA, wasn't it? Bioware. Bioware. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, they are owned by EA, yes. Okay. Um, this, this, this guy was raving on, saying three. it was really ambitious what they did with uh, three games, telling one story. And I was like, that's not just bold, that's borderline outrageous especially when you consider all the consequences and choices typically in one of the studio's games. And it's only now, really, when I see no one else attempt to do the same thing, not to that degree anyway, I realise how special it was. I mean, I'm like, you're not the only game ever that did a trilogy, you know? Like, Jesus. like No, but, I mean, it was a great trilogy. True. You did love it, Rich, didn't you? So, yeah. well, oh, it, was, it was fantastic, man. It was probably... I mean, again, I'm such a huge fan of sci-fi. It was just probably one of the best like um sci-fi ips yeah uh at the time i mean other than obviously your halo and all that sort of shit like but i mean halo is a bit more like military yeah um yeah which is still great but um this one was a bit more like you know exploration aliens almost like first contact kind of shit more than you know what i mean because you were like oh we're a young humanity on the stage and all that. No, it's just, it was really great. And I, look, I, I admit that the, the, I didn't 100% enjoy the fact that they streamlined the games more and more. Yeah. Um, but I still love the characters and the setting. And, um, uh, and and you know what? It's one of the few games where um, you, you got to continue with a group of 
characters. Yes. Because don't forget, normally when they make a sequel, you're either playing a different character yep. or yep. The, 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 the people that you, you had that have disappeared or that, that, you know, might only come in for a cameo. You know, like Dragon Age is a, is a perfect example. Do you know totally, what I mean? Like, yeah. Totally. You know, you, you don't get to run around with Alistair anymore. You know what I mean? He you, Yeah, he pops in for a cameo, but it's like, you're like, man, I fucking miss running around with that guy. He was so funny. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, him and Morrigan. Like, Mass Effect was, you know, you got, to, you, got to, you got to hang out with the same people. You know what I mean? It mm. felt like a, not, not like friends, but it felt like, like yeah, you were coming back to hang out with people. Which is cool. Uh, that you really enjoyed. So, no, definitely. not all of them. I get it. Some of them didn't. No, but but I back. I hear what you're saying. Like, would you put that Mass Effect series relatively high in your gaming kind of like you know rankings of what you've personally played? How how high would it go? Oh, uh, it's for me top yeah. five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, I actually just recently replayed it. Not recently, but I replayed it when the. Um, uh, the, the remaster came out. Yeah, they put on Games Pass. I actually did. Did, did it hold up? Yeah, yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. Now, Rich, I've got some interesting comments here. I'm not sure if you put this in or um, one of our listeners did. And by the way, if you join the Patreon, you can get access to the show notes. So that's one reason to join the Patreon, and and, and you can come in and edit and add news and stuff like that. So that's one of the that's one of the. Um, Patreon things, so yeah, feel free to one do of that. Perks, baby. One of the, one of the, exactly, that's the word I was looking for. Perks, yes. Uh, this is interesting, and I've got an interesting point about this as well. Alan Moore um, had an interview with Telegraph. Uh, he explained that he told DC to donate his royalties to Black Lives Matter. Um, so, okay, that's fair enough. Um, it's like that's okay, funny. yeah. It's because because what I also love is the fact he needs to tell everyone that as well. You know. Like, it's like, it's like you... you, you... Well, it, it's so funny because someone should have probably let him know that, like, uh, one of the founders of BLM has been, like, under investigation or something for buying mansions <laughs> with uh, the, the money from the donation. So probably look into where, where money's going before you um, donate it's somewhere. That's bullshit. Like, anyway, so... But then he, he talked about um, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Um, the classic Frank Miller. He says, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, was a pretty sub-fascist vision, adding the idea of one man, perhaps on or horseback, who can sort out this mess that's a bit too birth of a nation. Can I say this, Richard? Uh, and I just want to make this comment right now, and it's a true comment. When I first bought Dark Knight Returns, okay, all those years ago, million years ago, back in Labyrinth in Hobart in, in, in Tasmania, I went in and I and I didn't even really, I, I honestly had no idea. It was it had probably been out one year. I had no idea about it. I barely even knew it was a Batman book, you know? And then I picked it up and I realised, because it had that picture of Batman with the lightning and stuff. I wasn't a particularly well-versed comic book reader. I, I, I was like, I sort of realised it was Batman and it was in a nice... um. Uh, you know, soft cover trade paperback, and I was like, and it was an acceptable price, and I and I bought it. I really didn't know anything about it. I went home, opened it up. Guess who wrote a glowing introduction? Alan Moore. In that he wrote the intro introduction to the you know book, 
and he's Wait, are you are you telling me Animal Messina? I don't yeah, believe you. I'm just saying it's it's so funny to see that like comment, like where he's sort of sniffing at it. He wrote a glowing, very well written um, assessment of Dark Knight Returns, and so it's like thanks Alan Moore for you know trying to sniff at it now. He then explained that he has foregone public appearances in favour of a quieter writer's life. After finding at comic book conventions, I talked to people and they were looking at me like they were having some sort of religious experience rather than an ordinary conversation. He also... Well, it's fair enough. I could understand that he would want to get away from that. He also gave his thoughts on the state of fantasy writing. Fantasy these days seems to have boiled down to a kind of J.R.R. Tolkien, George R.R. R. Martin world of warriors and dragons and for some reason dwarves. The fantasy books that inspire me are things like Mervyn Peake's Gormenghast trilogy, which is actually about the real world in some ways, the changing nature of British society. I, by the way, tried to read that as a teenager, and it was some of the most boring writing ever. But it was wonderfully well-written, but also incredibly dull. Um, fantasy has no restrictions whatsoever, so it's a bit lame to be constantly hitting the same note on the piano, Let's have fantastic visions that nobody has ever seen before and lay off people of restricted height for change. Wow. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as always with Alan Moore, I think he makes some good points. At the same time, it's always from that high mountaintop that he, he tends to speak from. But, look, he is true. it is true that J.R.R. Tolkien did spawn... Uh, a thousand, if not more, imitators in his wake. Um, that happens, is which true. happens to almost everyone and everything that's popular. So sure, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Music and stuff. But uh, look, he makes some good points. But sometimes I'm like with Alan Moore, like when he made such a big deal about I. I he made, I, look, I agree. He got screwed on Watchmen, but when he made that huge deal about people writing his characters, I was like, do you not see the hypocrisy? Like, not only Watchmen was kind of like based on, you know, other characters, but his Leave Extraordinary Gentleman was literally other fictional characters. Like, the hypocrisy was just so blatant to me. I was like, Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, you are taking other fictional literary creations and repurposing them for your story. You know... And then you're at the same time saying people can't do that to your characters. I, I was like, and yeah, who who wrote uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again? Hmm. He did. And that's I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, like, uh, like I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he's wrong. Like he 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 makes some really good points, but sometimes he's such. He, he's not wrong, but also needs to look in a mirror. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like. I don't know. Interest, interesting guy, though, who's written some of the most brilliant comics ever and stuff like that. And, look, I also... But I do agree with him when he says, like, fantasy writing and sci-fi writing, um, I, like, in some ways, some of the stuff, I think it could be a lot more experimental than often is the case. But it's almost like we've really boiled it down to what actually sells and that's what is really just taking most of the oxygen in the room? Uh, yeah, but also, I uh, look, I agree, but also I feel like sometimes um, people might have a good story they want to tell, right? Mm. And they just don't want to 
they want people to be able to easily grasp the the setting or the world and so basically what they do is they just do generic you know the the, the tolkien mm. sort of fantasy elves sort of stuff because they're like look that's not what i'm going for i'm going for a, a, a maybe a, a, an interesting story or, or, or unique story or something like that i'm not i'm not looking to reinvent yeah. the wheel so to speak but then there's other times where you know maybe it would be great if you could um you know change things up a bit like i'm doing the same i'm i'm working on a fantasy sort of property but i'm re i'm looking at elves and dwarves and uh and and stuff and and trying to actually like have a different take mm. uh or change it up a bit and all that you know what i mean like mm. yeah, is it going to be somewhat based yes but then i'm also going to try and turn things on its head or sure. you know um approach but again not everyone's going to do that and nor should everyone do that not everything always has to be yeah you don't always have to reinvent the wheel sometimes you just want to make a bigger wheel or a smaller wheel or yeah. you know yeah, yeah. two wheels like it's fine it's it's, it's there's no one one size fits all, you know what I mean? Like, and also, Alan Moore he... isn't quite the... He, he loves... One thing he loves to do is tell everyone else that they're all doing it all wrong and they should be doing this thing that he wants everyone... He, he loves telling people what they sort of should be doing if they want to approach the level of genius that he is at kind of thing. Like... That is kind of like he's he is that guy, you know. By the way, I just want to point out, like the only reason he created his own characters mm. for Watchmen was because they took away the uh, Charlton characters. But he wasn't going yeah. to do original characters. Originally, no, it was going to right. be Blue Beetle. It was going to yeah. be the Question. All that sort of shit. It was only when DC decided, oh, actually, we probably might want to use these characters. So, and also what he was doing with them. But in fairness to him, like. He was taking them in some pretty radical directions, and yes, but my point is, he was still taking some uh, characters that everyone knows. Yes, that's my sure. point. He's not reinventing the wheel. No. In fact, he was forced to reinvent the wheel in a sense. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. was actually forced to um, uh, create something uh, actually different. That's so true. That's, true. that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's. Yeah, I know. It's well. That's what makes it funny that he's just so. He's a, fucking... he's, he's a, he's a difficult. He's a difficult guy to like fucking pin down for some reason. Like he's a he, weirdo. He is. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I I use the word. He is a genius. Like he is, and he's a little bit crazy, and he's also a little bit, um, you know. I, I agree with him. I, I think I think Dark Knight Returns is terrible, but just for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's funny that he wrote such a glowing introduction. And, um, he probably, you know, look it up. He's probably completely forgotten he did that. He probably has, yeah. He probably has. I uh, mean, at the time when he wrote that, he was king of the hill. So yeah. Now he's now he's bitter king of the 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 mound. Yeah, very true. Uh, Christopher Yost, new Volk comic, A Natural Order, sold, and that's in quotes, one hundred and thirty-seven copies of the first issue, making it one of the top-selling books of twenty twenty-three. The catch, Rich, they gave it away for free. Vault did a promo for retailers and gave them free copies, no minimum purchase required. Um, interesting strategy. Probably, you know, I don't know, not that dissimilar to a lot of, you know, the first taste is free. Um, what's it called? We should actually get it and re and review it. Un unnatural Order. I've liked some of the Christopher Yeo stuff over the years. So, um, but even so, 137 thousand isn't that amazing you know when it was for free like don't you think 
Oh, and the thing was, sorry, the other part of the story was that the retailers don't have to sell it for free. That so they can they can do cover price or lower than cover price or anything, but they can order it from Vault as many as they want for free. So that was the. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting sales strategy. I will say that. And it, you know, one thing it does do it gets the name of that title in the in the comic book news, you know, rather than just yeah. get buried. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it um how it sort of goes. Um, Beetlejuice two director Tim Burton has revealed they had to halt production with the film ninety nine percent done, uh, due to the strike. So wow, he's almost finished Beetlejuice two. Has he got Michael Keaton for this? Surely, I think he. I think he does. He must have. I mean, he'd be. Uh, it's fuck. Well, it's Tim Burton, man. Michael Keaton loves fucking Tim Burton. There's no ways he's. Yeah. He's he's not doing it. Come on. I, to be honest, I'm looking really forward to it. I love Beetlejuice. I, I fucking love that movie. Um. Yeah. So, and apparently he, he was he was making a big deal about Tim Burton was saying he wanted to get to get back to doing, um, films how he used to do them and stuff, and he wants to use puppets and. He was. I saw this big thing about him where he was saying like he wants he wanted to it with good people again, and he's apparently taking this movie super seriously. Like he was, he was really kind of frank. In, in a, I saw an interview, some quotes from him, and he was really frank about how he felt like he'd really sort of lost his way a little bit. Um, was interesting. Uh, I think most people do. So I mean, you know, good. I mean, you know, it's always nice to reflect on all that. But I mean, it's, I think that happens to a lot of people, especially in Hollywood. Sure. But um, yeah, I guess. Well, the, yeah, a lot of people lose their way, but it was just the, it was interesting to hear him talking that way to the press. I think. And anyway, look, I wish him all the best. I, I love the original Beetlejuice, and I've loved a lot of Tim Burton movies. Less so over probably the last twenty years, but I loved a lot of the movies he did probably from like late eighties through to about two thousand. Like, uh, you know, he made a lot of good movies. You know, in, in a row. Um, the live-action Little Mermaid remake is breaking records on Disney Plus as one of the streamers' most viewed premieres ever. Um, so they claim. So they claim, Rich. Um, there's a D- Punisher decal. Um, I assume Michael put this in, not you. Uh, you're not the... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just it's just another one of these bullshit things where, you know, fuck off. You know, if you're a Punisher fan kind of thing, it says, you're not the Punisher, you're a white supremacist who didn't read the comic, fuck off. It's just like, fuck you. Like, who said that? This is this is the the new Punisher decal where people are putting it up and, and they're just, you know, um, I don't I, I, did I, not, I, did, I Honestly, I did not know there were so many white supremacists in the uh, US Army. Yeah, it's bullshit. It pisses me off. Like... These, these people just have no idea. Um, a new poll suggests... This is from Michael, I think. A new poll suggests uh, more than half of the millennial and Gen X women find it a relationship red flag if the partner listens to the Joe Rogan podcast and refuses to see the Barbie movie. <laughs> um, whatever. Um, the poll was conducted by Change Research with over 1,000 voters in the San Francisco Bay Area. Other notable red flags among women are partners who have no hobbies, <laughs> say all lives matter, mm. and say there are only two genders. The p- biggest turnoff for men was identifies as a communist. <laughs> what? Um, what an what an odd survey. But but you know, like 
seriously, if someone was like, do you listen to Joe Rogan? I'm like, I sometimes watch him on Facebook. I don't, I don't love everything he says. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it's like Bill Maher. I listen to a bit of Bill Maher on Facebook, like, at times, and I haven't minded it. But if you, if you were like, do you agree with everything Bill Maher says and love everything he does? No, not really. You shouldn't. Well, that's the problem yeah. with the people in the world. You shouldn't agree with what you shouldn't agree with what anyone says hundred percent anyway. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, do I find some of the stuff, and even then, slightly interesting? Yeah, I do. Like, you know, like it's it's something to watch. It's at least it's a break from some of the other bullshit that I see. You know. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it is what it is. Oh, by the way, this is the last. This is this was this was funny. So apparently, Richard. In one of the Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, not Star Wars, Superman books that's out now. So I don't believe it's um, the Williamson run or the other guy. I think it's in, in one of the, you know, the subtitles, the limited series, whatever. Superman apparently has PTSD. So what we've always teased him about, <laughs> you know, how we've teased this out so much on the show, it's apparently happened, Rich. He now apparently in one of the comics has PTSD and... It's so fucking funny to me that for years we've said that DC will just run out of ideas and give Superman PTSD. Well, that day has arrived, Rich. Um, Which is so sad because, you know what's so funny? Um, do you remember uh, uh, Emperor Joker storyline? Loved it, yeah. But do you remember in that, mm. Superman took all of... Uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman's um, torture, vaguely all yeah. of those memories. He took them, mm. and and he was like, "We need Batman." And you know, it's a Joker broke Batman, and Superman took all of that pain, mm. all of that post-traumatic stress. He took it in on himself, mm. like didn't wish it away. He took it, and now you're telling me the guy that could do that, yeah, is now suffering from from, from PTSD. Wow, we've really come a long way. It's bullshit. Um, and it was so funny. I was telling my friend Natalie about this, and she she said Superman's a soy boy, soy boy Superman. And I was like, I didn't really know. She's a lot younger than me, and I said, what does that even mean? And she said, a soy boy, Rich, is apparently. I mean, she told me it's like a millennial who's like super fragile and like a real beta. Um, so apparently, so I believe where the the term "soy boy" comes from is that apparently men, mm. if you consume too much soy, <laughs> it actually lowers your testosterone. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's I believe. So when they're sort of calling people, because you know, there's so many more younger people now who are like soy milk and yeah, yeah. soy lattes and all that sort of stuff. I, the, I think the terms, uh, and then it turned out that soy actually lowers your testosterone. And that's where the joke I think comes from that they call them soy boys, meaning. They're so low tea because they consume so much soy. That's fucking hilarious. That's my understanding of it. I could be wrong, but I'm that pretty sure that's so funny. And is it, of course, I had no idea of the term at all. I was like, what is this young person's term? What is this? And dangly wangly stuff. <laughs> so funny. Um, but just, yeah, thanks, DC, for, you know, we predicted the future and you guys were just as lame as we had feared. Someone else must be like, I want to write like Tom King. Yeah, like <laughs> Tom King. Before Tom King gets to it, let me quickly just do this.
it's weekly comics rich Woo. we have um the first one up was your choice world's finest 217 starring a fantastic tale starring metamorpho maybe the best metamorpho story ever uh he's triumphant in this one really do you want to take us through this one rich well, he's triumphant, but apparently not really. <laughs> so, so it starts off with basically he's lying in some sort of chemical bath that Stag has put him in because he's trying to cure his uh, elementalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the caveman Jabba is um, he's dressed as half Superman, half Batman. Yeah, have, and daydreaming about being both of them or something like that. And then Stag is coming, and so he quickly throws the costume in the in the vat and hides and somehow the costume bonds to Metamorpho but gives him all the ability and powers of Superman and Batman somehow yep. just, just by having the costume yep. molded to him. Um and so then he just goes out to show Superman and Batman that he's better than them. Uh, and then Superman and Batman defect to a uh, made up like Eastern Bloc country or something yep, like that, yep, um, yep. which turns out to have been a fake. They were just doing it to uh, find the dude's uh, secret weapons of mass destruction. Um, uh, and then his powers were off. <laughs> That's basically the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, right at the end. But what was so funny was like how Superman and Batman were like initially kind of pissed off about it, like legitimately. Yeah, he, was, he was like, oh, wow, so I didn't really beat you guys. And they're like, oh, no, you did at the start. Like, we were actually pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> it was such a fun story, I felt. I felt- you know, that's what I mean. You know, that's kind of what's missing a little bit, like, um, from like Superman and Batman. You know what I mean? Mm. It's refreshing to see them have jealousy. Yeah, and, and that's why we say people forget that Superman is a real person. Yeah, you know he's not just like oh ho fellow you know hero. No, I was never upset. By golly, we're all in this you know to do good. No, he was like fuck, I'm pissed off, man. That guy fucking embarrassed me. Well, like, I would say that that's unusual. He found a fucking bomb. He, he made me look like a liar, bastard. To me, that was an unusual moment for Superman. I wouldn't say that's normal. No, no, mate, you've been reading Superman stuff. You know he gets a bit jealous or a bit pissed off. I guess he does. I guess he does. I get, you know what? I guess sometimes, you know what? Sometimes that's more in his Clark Kent guise. But you're right. I Look, I enjoyed it. I, 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 I don't forget, this fun. is a guy who, who would um, secretly make Lombardi look like an absolute arsehole. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's, not, that's not very Superman, is it? True. Well, Clark... Make him spill his coffee, make him fall down the stairs, <laughs> make him get stuck in the elevator. I love you it. You know what I mean? He did all sorts of shit to the guy. Now go, the guy picked on him, but I'm saying it makes him human. True. It makes him just like us. Well, Steve Lombard did throw a lot of pranks at Clark, and but Clark definitely paid him back. You know, like in, in secret, yes. Yeah, 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 big time. Um, I'm giving it 8 out of 10, Rich. What are you giving it? Exactly the same, buddy. Then we had uh, Action Comics 500, a big issue. Uh, the life story of Superman. Kurt Swan and Art Judy's Martin Pascoe writing. I love this one in that it really, um, you know, it, it told the story and, like, he was literally, like, um, sort of reliving, like, Krypton because I love Krypton stuff. Um, and oh, uh, yeah, it was a very cool way of telling uh, doing a recap issue, but actually still having its own story in it at the same time, yeah, exactly. And it was, a, I think, it was a 66 pager 
or 68 pages. So there was a lot of pages. Uh, Kurt Swan really flourishing, I feel, in this comic. It felt like he had more time than normal. Um, I, I really would say to Superman fans, if you've read a lot of the classic modern stuff, you know, and you want to go back and read, this is from 1979, so it's, it's you know, it's not Dawn of Time sort of style stuff. Um, this is a good read. You know, it's a really good read. And um, I look forward to one day managing to get an omnibus with this because... Mm. It's actually a fantastic, of this Superman, it's actually a fantastic recap of mm. the stuff that's happened to him, um, if you were new to, to that Superman. Kind of heartbreaking when you found out about um, how Mara Pa Kent passed away, like almost, you know, bang, bang, you know, like super close to each other and he couldn't stop it. Um, mm. Yeah. And then the, how about when the, the, the people line up and they do farewell, Superboy will never forget you. <laughs> it's just like. Which um, I thought it was so weird because I was like, I kind of felt like that was making it really obvious that he was Clark Kent. <laughs> It's like it's like uh, the Kents die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Clark disappears and Superboy flies away. Yeah. Kind of like was he Clark Kent? Yeah, exactly. But then he does the disguise where he goes in solo um, to the to the bus station later. <laughs> so it's like yeah, he, yeah. It's like he flies away, then ducks behind a tree, then comes out as Clark Kent with like two two suitcases, which he was also carrying a Superboy. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's very weird. Yeah, but again, different time, different time. And did did the um the the evil guy who was running the sort of um, museum did he, did he give you like Colonel Sanders vibes? Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I think he was. I think he was meant to. Honestly, <laughs> I was like Colonel Sanders almost masquerading in, the, in this in this issue. Um, Although I'll be honest with you, for a, for a split second when they got to the uh, Hall of Villains, mm. I thought he actually may have been the Toy Man in disguise. Because when I saw like the fat Toy Man, yeah, and then I saw him, I was like, "Oh, what if that's it?" But it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was just me. Well, of course, excited. of course, Lexi Luther had to um get involved. You know, of course, she can't have a flashback issue without a fight with Lex Luthor. Yeah, good old Lex uh, in his great purple um costume with the v-neck and you know, the sort of like that 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 whole suit it's not his power suit but it's like the forerunner to the power suit mm. it's it's like his casual wear when he's out of the power suit um i, I always i always like that look actually of lex um personally i i've always thought because this is before john byrne redid him as the um businessman isn't it this is sort of yeah, like the, the, the more weighty fat chubby yeah um yeah. businessman yeah well, I'm giving this issue an. Oh, then died and was cloned. Yeah, that's true, actually, Rich. Yeah. Oh, not died, but his original body. He put it in a. It was the uh, um, kryptonite cancer or, or something yeah. like that, and yeah. then he he put his mind in a clone body who actually had like a full thick fucking mane of red hair and a beard. Love it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. that. Right. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, Rich. Do you reckon I should get the four hot covers of the John Byrne Man of Steel? Because they're all pretty reasonably priced. I do, I, I'm giving them. I think I've got the first volume. Them. I think I should just get them. I've got the digital copies. Uh, I'm giving this Life Story an 8.5. I really enjoyed it, actually. Oh, yeah, it's an 8 out of 10, yeah. yeah Definitely 8 out of 10. It's, it's, it's really a good one. Uh, now, Richard, um, it was my pick, but I picked it mm. by Trade of the Week, but I picked it based on your recommendations from talking about it. 
Um, it's Superman Rebirth Action Comics Volume One. Quite a mouthful, but to, to, you know, yeah, and of course, I started off reading the wrong one. That was, of course, me. I started reading it, and I was like, "This feels wrong." Um, and I was like, "I feel like I'm reading the wrong thing." And then I was like, "Yes, I am." And then I started reading the right thing. <laughs> and uh, so, 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 as usual, I, you know, got confused. I, I managed to get myself confused pretty easily. I was actually glad, though, that I didn't get too far in. I was, I had this feeling. I was like, no, I'm sure Richard said to Marcy, I'm sure he did. And then I was like, I'm sure I'm reading the wrong thing. And yeah, I was. Um, but straight away, you know how they say comic books are a visual medium kind of thing you know and mm-hmm. from the very because i've been reading all this bronze age man from the very beginning from the first few pages i was like oh wow it's kind of nice to be on the nice modern art you know <laughs> like the glossy the glossy the glossy look is really what i was after because when i'm reading that bronze age stuff it's all in the newsprint you know yeah so i was like oh this is kind of cool and then i was then i was confused uh, at first because i was like what's this Superman with this beard? And then I realised it's the after effects of the New 52 where they're sort of transitioning from one to the other and all that stuff. So, Yeah, so that was just a recap for... Yes, yes. I, I think new readers. But can I say this? Quickly, within the first 10 pages, I, I got up to speed. I mean, he couldn't get rid of that beard fast enough for me. I was like, just get rid of that beard. I don't want to see that. I, I want to see Superman. And when it, you know where it got me? When he said the colours will fly and he pulls away the black and he's got the red and blue underneath. I, I, I just got into it and I I have famously said how much, and I'm going to throw it over to you, but I'd famously said how much I've disliked John Kent and just found him so dull in all that Legion I read and everything. Completely different story here. I thought just in general, this is a really this is 13 issues, really good. We And I was very impressed by how Tomasi bounced it around. He didn't stay in one space too long. I love the stuff with the Eradicator, love the stuff with um, Damian Wayne and Batman, love the stuff where they went to the moon and uh, Lois got in the hell bat thing. That was fucking awesome. Loved the dinosaur, um, you know, island stuff, which had the connection to the Losers. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. the Frankenstein stuff. Loved it all. I actually felt this was really... I always think of early 2000s DC and how the properties were going. I felt really well, like good Superman, good Batman, or very good, better than good, very good Batman, very good Superman, um, really going well. This felt like that. I felt like this was just a really solid, delivered comic just punch, 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 hitting all the right notes and great artwork, really good artwork that I felt really uh, let the title breathe. Um, I felt this was some of the best DC comics I've read in some time, actually. What did you think, Rich? Uh, yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this because this was... Um, I thought this was, was what was going to save Superman. Mm. So the New 52 was... An absolute. I'm sorry. It was, it was. It was a train wreck. It was a travesty for Superman, right? Mm. Um, I think Superman probably of the new Fifty Two. I think Superman got it the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it just became like an un, almost unrecognizable 
sort of character. Mm. And um, this, I thought, was like, oh my god, okay, this is this will save Superman, right? Mm. And of course, Bender said to then go, no, it won't, because I'm going to fuck it up, because I'm a selfish prick. Thanks, Bender. Um, you know, um, this was so. This is some of the best Superman that I had read um, for a long time, right? Mm. Because obviously there wasn't much going on with the new Super Fifty Two and all this sort of shit, and that went on for a couple of years. Um, so they've been a real dry up of really good Superman stories, mm. and this one was really fantastic. And it credited to Marcy as well because he's not writing like a regular Superman. This is a Superman that's not of this Earth mm. at this point in time. This is this is they haven't done the merge yet, where they basically merged the two Supermans sort of together so that they had one continuity. Oh, um, that comes that comes later, um, where they basically. It's again, it becomes like another retcon. So basically, that Superman and him, they kind of merge into one being. So they both share the history of each other. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like, and then Nelson Perry White knows him and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Um, and he becomes the actual proper Superman. But anyway, before that, Tomasi, again, where he's better than Benders, he knows how to write kids. Uh-huh. Like, John uh-huh. in this comes across as a real kid, right? So, perfect example. So, straight off the bat. John's really excited. He loves his dad. You know, like, oh, my God, my dad's Superman and all this stuff. He can't wait. He wants to use his powers. He wants to be mm. like his dad and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. um, you know, Clark, again, they're working on the farm because, again, they're not working in Metropolis. No one knows who they are. They're just living on the farm. I think uh, Lois is kind of like a ghostwriter yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. thing and all that. She kind of writes uh, with a pseudonym and all that. Anyway, um, and he's like, all right, but, you know, we'll, we'll got chores to do and then we'll work on your powers and all that. And then he's out doing stuff and all that. And then a hawk comes and, like, picks up the cat. Mm. and he's like you know no and then he accidentally like his vision goes off his hit vision not only does he kill the bird he kills the cat as well yeah yeah but he doesn't tell his parents just like any kid wouldn't tell his parents mm. um now superman knows because you find it later he's like he knew but he wanted john to come sort of clean and all that mm. but in that time john actually then starts acting upset pissy like takes his anger out on his parents you know what i mean like, you're liars you know you gotta you keep secrets from people and it's he doesn't believe that what he's doing is he's acting out mm. because of what he's done he's ashamed and i'm like that is how a person let alone the kid would act mm. if they're keeping a secret because they're angry mm. they'll then actually be like this little snot nosed little shit and I, I i just john felt like just so genuine and real and he just felt like an actual character sure. um you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Good point. And I was just so it makes me. So, <laughs> I love this, but it also again makes me so angry reading it because of um, what could have been. Because think about this. You know how you love Superboy, right? Sure. Uh, and, and you and you love the adventures of Superboy in in Smallville. Yeah, for sure. You literally could have done that with John. So imagine you give John his own book. Yeah. Right. So while Superman is off being Superman saving the world, running around with the Justice League. Imagine John getting into these wacky adventures in Smallville with aliens and whatever, whatever, just like the, the old Superboy did back in, like, the Silver Age and the, and oh, the Golden cool. Age or stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could have had, like, Lois there kind of thing, and he could have had his own book. Um, and on top of that, with the success of the character, you could have had Super Sons. But I thought to myself, what wasted fucking opportunity. Mm. To have this cool thing where it's almost a homage to the original Superboy getting into these bizarre, wacky adventures in Smallville with Ma and Pa, you know what I mean? And all this oh, sort of stuff. Yeah, but instead of Ma and Pa, he could have had Lois and then maybe occasionally Superman rocks up 
um, and gets involved. My God, man! Like they it definitely make you like angry. Like they definitely had the opportunity. Him. They but they completely. Um, well, they botched it. I, I, maybe not completely, but they definitely botched it. And well, they botched um, it to the point now where I, again, I was so hoping that they would be okay. You know what, Bender? We let Bender's fucking age him up. Mm. Right, that someone needs to find a cure to that. Yeah. Either it wore off or something happens and he reverts back to his normal age. Yeah. But they didn't. No. No. They doubled down on it. And you know what? You could have. You could have retconned what Bendis did because no one looked like he did was fucking a success. No, exactly. Like, that's what I don't understand. If Bendis had made John a success, mm. I could then understand you going, well, he's got to stay lots of way. He's popular now. But he wasn't. Literally everyone was clamoring for him to go back to being a boy. Yeah. Like yeah. majority of people. Like, why yeah. would you not just it's a fucking comic man. Just re- just go, oh well, he's now back to being a little kid again. The magic wore off or the spell wore off or the fucking technology well, wore off. Also, like let's face it, every major especially for like, you know, the last, you know, thirty years, every on Superman, a lot of major people have come on put their imprint on it and left. And then the next person does whatever they do, you know, and it's, it sort of reverts to a basic formula and then they do their stuff and then they go and then someone else comes and does their stuff and then they go. Like, why is Bendis the fucking exception where his bullshit, where he just ages someone up and makes them, not just ages them up because it's like, I don't care that much, but like, you, you took away all their charm, you know what I mean? And, and then he left. It's like, what makes Bender so great that they can't just retcon his shit, you know? Mm. Um, like, it's not like anything else he did was so, you know, great. I, I saw this hilarious thing. This made me laugh. We on the show, I think it was with Stu, it may have been with you, we did event Leviathan. I can't remember if it was you or Stu. Let me tell you, Rich, this was maybe the dullest event barely an event actually it was just dull we did it on the show okay because we were trying to you know get into bendis as superman anyway i remember reading it thinking this is i've read bad events that were more interesting this was just dull and you were just like it was a grind of a story it was classic bendis like can he can he can he write a 12 issue event over three titles yes he can is it good Oh, no. <laughs> is it interesting? No. Can he fill the pages? Yes, he can. Like, it seems to be all he was good for. Like, he can fill pages. Anyway, such a... It's a one out of ten event. Like, nothing nothing interesting happens. I saw Best Superman Events on CBR, and that was, like, number two. And I was like, are you... Bullshit. Dude, I'm not exaggerating. I saw it, and I was like... What? Like, this This. This is why I lose all, like, any faith I ever had. Like, you, are you literally looking at, like, the last week and trying to find the answer? Like, because that's what it felt like. They were like, what's the last event? Event of Arthur. Oh, that's, oh, wow. It's, gee, unlucky to miss out on one. <laughs> well, I've noticed that sometimes people, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's what I call uh, recentitis. Yeah. Where um, they only their brains only remember something um, relatively new. So sure. I, I watched this video of a guy and he goes around at a con and he asks everyone, "What's the best game of of all time?" 
Right. And it's amazing how many people will say something that just came out, like like yeah. recently. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of go, oh, is it a great game? Sure. But the question was greatest game of all time. I don't know if a game yeah. that came out like six months ago can say of all time. Like, because it hasn't yeah. been around long enough to stand the test of time and to prove that it's a game. That, so, do you know what I mean? But again, it's recent titles because they're like, oh, what's the most recent game I played that yeah. I really enjoyed? Yeah. I'm not going to actually sit there and go, Jesus Christ, like, what's the best? You know, so again, with these listeners, they go, oh, the best. You yeah, you'll probably find a fucking lot of them are just the, the obviously the ones that everyone knows. Mm. And then the others, they'll just be like, oh, what came out recently? Like, uh, yeah. what's something? And they'll think, but your brain will always remember the most recent thing. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So, like, when you remember Superman, you'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that one I just read recently. So yeah, it probably is. He probably just was like, yeah, whatever. Um, that'll do. I just read it recently. It was pretty good. Let's put it in. Yeah, that that yeah, exactly. Close enough is good enough. But um, honestly, I really liked that Hellbat suit. Uh, I would like to get a figure of that actually. Like that 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 suit. I wonder if there is a Hellbat. Um, surely McFarlane or someone's done Hellbat. Do you reckon, Rich? I don't think they have, honestly. Like, I, I just don't remember seeing anything. I don't, I don't know if anyone's actually done it. I mean, what is the point of living if they can't even do that? You know, like, why are we bothering? <laughs> like, no, no, seriously. Well, maybe, what? maybe. Why did you exit? You can't say tweet anymore. Why did you exit uh, McFarlane Hell and Austin? DC multiverse. I, 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 I'm not giving up on this. I reckon uh, there, there is. There you go. Hellbat. McFarlane, DC, Armored, seven, seven-inch action figure, help. Oh, there you go. So it's okay. We, we Buy can, it right now. I might. And we can keep on going, man. I mean, there's a point to life after all, Rich. You know? Um, <laughs> and while I'm there, I see another Batman that looks pretty tempting as well. Let's face it. There was a, did I tell you there was that funny moment we were watching um, The Flash? And I go to Michelle, oh, Jesus Christ, I'd like to get that Bat Cycle. And then like, and that bat plane, oh, and his armor. Yeah, so basically everything Batman. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was, I was watching it. Like, I know it's not a good movie, but fuck, I love all the Batman stuff. Like Affleck has at the start, like the cycle coming out of the plane and all that shit. And I was just like, it's fucking great. Like, <laughs> you know, like fuck off, Flash. Basically, like take a fucking backseat, pal. You know, like. Just give me another Batman movie, man. Like, that's, you know... I'm ready for another Batman film. Seriously. Oh, like, God, after the last one, I'm not. I want to rewatch that, man. I want to rewatch that film. Yeah, well, if you've got six hours to kill, go ahead. Yeah, I know. It was, a, it was slow, wasn't it? It was a fucking grind. Um, Lois in this... Uh, she felt a bit peripheral to me. Um, I didn't feel Lois was in a full power but i guess no, she was but, more but, the and, and at the same time when you when you're dealing with with two superhero uh, superpowered beings the sure. fact that they actually had her get into a batman loved it mech suit and actually getting on the action again shows what sort of character she is badass gives her uh a, a, you know gives her some of the spotlight as well i loved it you know, I, it's, she's it's not gonna like... be able to do that all the time so at no. least he still gives her the moment to to do that and by the way i messaged you and said hey did you enjoy the the hitman character cameo in the book even though there was no reason was for it, it was it the guy who was um wrestling bibbo yeah who was the guy don't you remember hacking the guy that they cut his arm off 
No. From the 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 the, uh, the fish pipe when the fish all got turned into zombies. Oh. And he's, he's the guy that's always like yeah. fucking. Yeah. Everyone hates him. Yeah. Because he's so stupid. I had forgotten him, but yes. Okay, well done. I was like, oh my god! I was like, that's the guy from Hitman. Dave would love that. Like, there's a little fucking. You know, cameo from a, a book you've just been reading, but now, apparently you didn't. Now that Dave remembers what you're talking about, he does love it. Yeah. Um, maybe Dave may have been skimming that bit too, because I, I actually, this is going to sound controversial. I find Bibo really lame. Um, always have. Um, I know he's Superman's pal, but. Well, he's Superman's biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He's okay. I, I don't hate him. Olsen is Superman's pal. Yeah. I know, but look, he's okay. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I've always been a bit like roll my eyes at Bibbo, but... I don't know. I, I, it was nice to see him because obviously they barely bloody used Bibbo in the New 52 at all, like, which is probably maybe good for you, but I don't know. I kind of missed him. Like, no, no, no. Well, like, look, he's like if you go to like a football game, he's kind of like either the mascot or that really hardcore fan. He's part of the scenery. Even though I might not love him, he's part of the furniture. He's definitely the hardcore fan. I think Jimmy Olsen would be the mascot. Yeah. But what I'm saying is... I get what you're saying. He's part of the ambiance, you know? and um, He's part of the ensemble. Exactly. Now, I mean, I look, I want to pay... I want to dial in to something before we leave this. The Eradicator. I've always loved the fucking Eradicator. I don't understand what the Eradicator actually is, although this did explain it better than ever. Is that the explanation for the Eradicator, that he's a robot created by Zod? I didn't know that. Well, this, again, this is the new 52, so this is this is all the retcon stuff. So oh. I, don't, I don't even think the Eradicator actually showed up in the new 52. Well, what about this? Then. No, until now, I mean. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, this is this is not technically New Fifty Two, hey. This is called Rebirth. Okay, but this Superman, this is my understanding. Tell me if I'm wrong. This Superman, who started off with the beard and and had obviously the kid and had Lois, he's our Superman. Yes. Yeah, he's the normal Superman. Yes. Who somehow wound up in the New Fifty Two universe. It had to do with that. Uh, you remember that convergence event? Yes, I do. That that Brainiac convergence event when they had where he was taking places from different multiverses and time, oh, um, like right. the cities and all that. And then you remember they had like the two parters where it would be like Green Lantern, Justice League International, uh, Charlton, yeah. well, blah yeah. blah blah. Anyway, from that apparently Lois got pregnant because they were two men didn't have any powers. Right. And then when they defeated him and all that sort of shit, um, uh, because he was from the normal universe. Because mm. remember, I think Convergence happened with the New 52. Mm-hmm. And so he was pulled from the time before Barry fucked it up. Oh, right. To the New 52. And then they sort of came back, you know, they sort of like hitched a, a, a stowaway ride back to that planet and kind of just hit out. And so then they retconned it to be like they've been there for 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 ages. Right. And Superman, that's why he was wearing the black and the beard. He was actually Incognito. doing superior stuff on the sly. Okay, yeah, no, I, okay, I, I get it, that. Okay, so here's my question, though. That, that I understand. Yes, got it. Um, but the Eradicator, 
I, I've never really understood the Eradicator. I know he's in Return of Superman. Is he bad? I didn't realise he was evil. I thought he was like a well, life support thing. No. So, so okay, so even Eradicator in the original one, mm. he, he's kind of a bad guy because, in, in a sense, he he's a computer. Right, he's a robot, so, is he? Yeah, okay. Well, he's a program, and so he th- he looks at things from a pure logical sort of um, thing, right? So if, right. if you're bad, then you must be killed. If you commit a crime, you must sort of be... But you know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah, right. grey or whatever, no black and white. So his job is to uh, preserve the Kryptonian heritage, and he yes. sees John as impure. Because he's and he human. Must Half human. Yeah, and he must destroy the human half. Gotcha. To keep the bloodline pure or whatever, and blah blah blah. So again, he, he he's not evil in the sense; he's just a computer program. Yeah, right. He's pure logic. I liked the um, I liked not necessarily logic. He's just pure programming, and pure... he just won't go against his programming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. I liked the origin that was explained for him with Zod, how Zod created them and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Um, and Which is cool because he, acts up, he ends up being uh, with Zod, if you remember the Green Lantern uh, trade that we did where they were fighting Zod and Eradicator was there. Okay. Uh, one thing I didn't really understand was how, what did he have inside him, all the Kryptonian souls? So basically, yes. Yeah, so they, in a sense, sucked out people's essences put their bodies in cryo, and then put the essences in the phantom zone, awaiting punishment oh. or judgment or whatever. Right. Oh, I see. So, so it, was, it was a kind of, um, not prison, but like where you would put someone before they went to trial. Um, right. So that was what Zod was getting them to do. And so that yeah, was... Yeah, that were basically his, um, his bounty hunters. His, uh... but, but why were they inside the Eradicator? Why wouldn't they be in the phantom zone? Oh, because... Those were he couldn't deposit them because Krypton blew up. I see. And he's he's he one eradicator that survived or came back after doing a mission with, and he has all these souls in him, but he's got nowhere to put them. I see, Richard. It's lucky you're so here he to explain him, this. He sees himself as a lifeboat, basically. Okay, now I understand because I was confused because I didn't know the eradicator was bad. I. I mean, it's been, dude, it's been 30 years probably since I read Return of Superman and I barely remember the Eradicator. This Eradicator is actually different to that Eradicator. Okay, well, there you go. But that's the only time I've ever read the Eradicator and I barely remembered who he even was um, other than I remembered he was a guy with the cool glasses that I always liked. Um, I'd really like an Eradicator statue. I think he's a really cool design. Um, I've always thought the Eradicator looks really cool. Um, Yeah, but... Honestly, such a fucking pleasure to read, and and I'm going to continue reading it. I I think it's really good, actually. I and I also like the Frankenstein stuff at the end. I got I dude. I'm such a fucking. Can I be honest? In the mirror for a second. Sometimes I'm just not a good person. Like I've I have in my mind actively said how shit Frankenstein is in DC Universe. I've never read. And you have. I've been absolutely wrong. But, dude, I've never, but also, I've never read a single page of the Frankenstein monster. And when I saw Frankenstein was going to be in this, I was like, oh, really? And then I fucking loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I, and I liked the brighter Frankenstein as well. And I was like, well, Dave, rare, 
But Ooh, I was wrong. Then maybe I know what my next pick is. Well, <laughs> I thought it was good stuff, man. Um, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed this, actually. I thought this was extremely good uh, comic and Superman comic. And, yeah, it was a pleasure to read, frankly. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to read. Like, this this is what, like, as I said, you know, you know when they say, like, you know, you know the, and this is what baffles me about DC, right, mm. is they're looking for a way to make Superman relevant. You know, they're like, oh, we've got to, you know, mm. You know, but they keep doing the wrong thing. So with New 52, they're trying to depower him, make him more of a common man. But that didn't work. But this this is how you make the cut. This is how you make the character relevant. Mm. You, you know what I mean? You you give him a son, right? Mm. Because that is so in line with Superman. You know, when you think of Superman, his upbringing, mm. you know, his parents, he's, he is a guy that would love to be a father. Sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And cool. as I said, uh, how cool is it? Because now... He's a Superman who now has, you know, because again, his parents were just trying to teach him how to be a good man, mm. right? And then obviously, when they had powers, you were like, well, you know, you definitely have to be a good man, all that. But now he's a Superman that needs to teach a young boy mm. how to be a man. That comes with even extra responsibility. Do you know what I mean? Um, because it's also a different world. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the times have changed. I, I, I don't know. What a way to make a character relevant. And then you literally just go and go, fuck it. That's taking back to the status quo. Yeah, you know, Bendis will will will, will uh, get rid of the kid. We don't want to. We don't want to bog down Superman with a kid. Let's age him up and fuck him off. And you're like, mm. what the hell are you doing? Like you literally had the answer right there, and then you crumpled it up and threw it in the bin. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not even paying attention to Bendis's bullshit. Like in all my Superman, I mean, I read a bit of Bendis. It's not like I didn't read some Bendis. We did some Bendis on the show. And I was always very underwhelmed. And and I've read a lot more Superman sort of since then. And I and I you know, I, I it's not like I dislike Superman. I, I've liked one thing I've noticed, actually, is DC had a really good long streak of some pretty decent Superman runs for a, quite a long period, really. I mean, you know, right up until the New Fifty Two. They 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 got it right more than they got it wrong, you know? Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, I, um, yeah, look, easy 9 out of 10. What did you give it, Rich? Oh, it's a 9 out of 10 as well. Yeah, I, 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 I scored it pretty much the same. This, this, uh, I super enjoyed this week, it. Super enjoyed. enjoyed it. There, see what I did there, Rich? Also, good yes. to see, also good to see Crypto getting his, getting a lot going on. And who was the guy on, of the losers? Who was that? Who was the guy with the one leg? Is that someone I'm oh, supposed sh- to know? Yeah. Um, you see, like, well, a, he's the. I can't fucking remember his name, but he's the leader of the losers, like uh, the, that comic book back in the day. For some um, reason, I thought that was Rick Flag. Why did I think that? I don't. Well, they're probably very similar, but no. Yeah. Rick Flag was the leader of Suicide Squad, not the losers. Okay, that's the mistake I was making. I I, I thought that was Rick Flag, and and yeah, I really liked that as well. I, you know, what I liked a lot about it, I liked that it bounced around. It, you know, it was twelve or thirteen issues, and I felt like I got a lot of story because it because because Tomasi knows what he's doing. I've actually, to be honest, I think Tomasi's a bit unsung. I've read a, quite a bit of Tomasi over the years. I really liked his Superman and Wonder Woman, um, in New Fifty Two, and I've read other stuff. He's also been a very good editor, so I think he's um, yeah, he's pretty damn good. 
He's a, he was unlucky to get shoved aside for Bendis, really, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, well, l- l- let me tell you this. Yeah. Uh, w- uh, wait until, if you want to keep reading, yeah. uh, wait until Manchester Black shows up. Cool. I love Manchester Black. Mm. He's going to be showing up in this as well. Cool. Um, and he's got some ideas about Johnny Boy. Well, guess what? I'm going to make my next pick. So not next week, but the week after. I'm going to make it volume two so we can keep going on this. Now, I've got a pick for you, but yes, it's a you. short pick, which means you might want to pick a couple of extra weeklies. Flashbacks, yeah. Um, and I know you'll enjoy this because it's written by your uh, one of your favorite writers, Grant Morrison. Good. Sounds good. Uh, it's basically, he's, he's Frankenstein. It's basically what has become the DC Frankenstein. So really? uh, we'll do Seven Soldiers Frankenstein. It's only four issues. Okay, cool. Uh, but this is the that Frankenstein that you like. This is the, the 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 birth of that Frankenstein. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds real good. Oh, and, it, and it, it's drawn by Doug Mankey. So. Oh, Richard. You know I love that Doug Mankey. So we've got so our... You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy this and you'll understand why I like the DC Frankenstein character. All right. Well, we've got our next two weeks set then. Cause so for listeners who want to read along, next week is going to be um, Richard's DC Seven Soldiers Frankenstein. Is that what it's called, Rich? Yep. Okay. And the week after that, we're doing Superman Rebirth Volume 2 because um, I want to keep the party rolling because I had such a good time with these issues. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, on that note, Rich, I do want to say thank you to listeners. Thank you, Rich, um, for attending as always and giving us your utmost. Um, please join the Patreon if you can. For little as $1 per month, you can join the Patreon. There are perks, Cinema of Doom. Um, you can get access to the show notes. You can put news in, comments in, correspond with me and Rich. Rich, uh, how can people find you? Anything you'd like to say to the audience? Uh, oh, well, they can find me on Instagram now. Ooh, one of the only sort right. of social media shit I have. Yeah. Uh, it is Farfetch Comics, all one word, but with an X on the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will soon be posting. Oh, I can, I can, I can say it now because mm. um, you'll get it by the time she listens to this. I'll, I'll upload a picture of it. Uh, my girlfriend is a big fan of the Yakuza uh, video game series. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to buy her uh, some merch. Mm. The only problem is it's no real fucking merch. You know what I mean? Um, so I decided to make her post in a T-shirt of her favorite character, the the main character, Kirayu or Kazama Kirayu, whatever his name is. So I did a post in a T-shirt for her of my own design of the character. And I will put that on on Instagram if people want to have a look at it. There you go. What an old romantic Richie. I can't sell it though because I don't own it. So <laughs> don't don't ask me for a, a a a t-shirt or anything like that. I can't I can't sell that to you. Oh well, there you go. Um, but you know, behind closed doors, who knows okay. what? If people like the t-shirt and yeah. they might be interested in some Signal of Doom merch, yeah. they can they can let us know, and I might do yeah, there we might go. do something for Signal of Doom if they want to own something. Yeah, that's that's a good point. In fact, you were saying a while ago we should do T-shirts. That's actually not a bad idea. And and you can do things like through Public and stuff. There, there, there's options. Um, I know uh, I'm super tired right now to even be saying this kind of stuff, but th- there is options, Rich, that we could do to get Signal and do merchandise out there. Well, I had, I had this idea, and, and, and the fans could help with this. I, I thought, like, 
so we do something right where it, the the front is like a, a cool design or thing, and then on the back uh-huh. we we just have a couple of uh, uh, fans' favorite quotes sure. that from us from shows or whatever, whether it be a line or a, a, a catchphrase yeah. or something, whether it's something they feel like we say a lot. Sure. We can even put that on the back of the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Was that Ubisoft as well? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, probably one of the lines would be like, "I love Ubisoft," and the other would be like, "Ubisoft sucks." Exactly. That's it, man. Yeah, there'd be a lot of things that we say. Um, I want on the back of the T-shirt, um, uh, on the back of the T-shirt, I want uh, Daniel Radcliffe for Wolverine. <laughs> Richard, you know, I'm so exhausted. Don't bring it up, man. You know, It pisses me off. Like, I can't help it. I just thought about it again and it, it made just, me happy. It fucking pisses me off. And what annoys me most of all is you're actively hoping for it just to annoy me. That's the part yep. that, that really grinds my gears, you know? Like, you don't yep. give a fuck. You've got no investment. Man, um, what do I care? I, I have had one Green Lantern fucking movie and and, <laughs> and the, the guy that got it fucking bombed it, so I don't care if they cost Daniel Radcliffe and he can have the actor cross from fucking Ryan Reynolds. I don't give a shit. I know. I know I know you don't, Richard, and that's part of my problem. Um, okay. Oh my god, could you imagine if they if they quickly replace Daniel Radcliffe in the Deadpool movie? Uh, uh replace you Jackman with Daniel Radcliffe after the, the photo? No, I can't. So like, we're gonna strike while the iron's hot. Sorry, you you're out. We're putting Daniel <laughs> Dude, I hope to God. If it happens, I wanna to go to an alternate fucking earth. I wanna to go to Earth X or something. <laughs> Fuck this earth. Like I'll be I'll be pissed off if it happens, man. Like like I will go and see that movie gritting my teeth. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will not be happy. I will complain about it. I'll campaign against it. And it's not like I don't. Ha- I I actually have anything against Daniel Radcliffe. I, I I. It's just I don't feel he's right for the role. That's my problem with it. I just don't feel he's at all right for the role. And I don't give a fuck if people say that he's short. Who fucking cares? Also, Wolverine. If you want to go to actual, you know, the basic. Is he's like heaps more stocky and stuff. Like, you know, I've never even seen a human who looks like Wolverine looks when they draw him that way. You know, I'm sure there are some people. You should go to the gym, bro. Yeah, exactly. No, good point, Richard. That exactly. It's more of a the look I'm thinking of when you think of that really kind of I must describe as feral Wolverine. Yeah, it is a real gym guy, but steroided out, but short. You know, um, yeah. yeah. You... I mean, you know what's funny? It's probably because they look so big and all that. But you're surprised at actually how how short bodybuilders actually are. Like, yeah, they look big because they're all standing next to each other and they all fucking wide. But oh. a lot of them are actually not that tall. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm... Saying not that tall. I'm not saying they're short, but they're not like they look like mountains. But most of them are like of average height or, sure. or below. Well. I don't know, man, but I maybe one of those guys can play the fucking role, but not Daniel Radcliffe, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah, signing yeah, out, dude. Yeah. I'm fucking exhausted. I want to say thank you to the <laughs> listeners. Thank you, Rich. Good night. Peace out. Good <laughs> Grumpy about Daniel Radcliffe still. Oh, but I was having so much fun.